0: Well, so XQ quality better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for. Except we're extremely good. Here we go.
1: Appreciate you joining us on this very important conference call. This is the sound quality that you will <laughs> hear for the duration of this episode. Because this I forgot my headphones <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But hey, it's kinda like we're talking to you from a secret base in Denver and
2: A subterranean lair, I would dare say. Yeah,
1: we're actually in person. I'm yeah. Noah. I'm Mark. And we have special guest hosts that we've been waiting to have on the show for months.
2: We have literally waited months to have you guys
1: on. <laughs> So we're very excited. Yeah. But, uh, Bob and Dan here, or Dan and Bob. Hey.
3: hey. Good to be here. This is the pub guys, right? This is the pub guys. Okay.
1: Yeah. No, this is Channel Master. <laughs> what the? Why am I here? <laughs> Where's the chicks and the kilts? Yeah, there's no chicks
2: and kilts here. Now. But when I, well, my cat, we could put something could, on we her. We could put her, her in a
1: cute little kilt.
2: Yeah. Well, if we took like one of my daughter's like little skirt outfits and put it on her, <laughs> it might work. But, That's just messed up. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do that. Well, we, yeah. have, um, we have our special guests here tonight mm-hmm. because they're going to give us their perspective on uh, mobile development. Because they just happen to be doing some mobile gaming development of their own.
3: Or at least attempting.
2: Yeah, they're attempting it. So we're going to hear all about the pitfalls and the goodliness and the beauty, the the joys, the triumphs, the defeats, everything there is to know.
1: All of the defeats. Yeah. We'll also (laughs) talk about other stuff, too. Yeah, we will. We will tell you what we've been playing. And also we've got some epic listener feedback to go through, which has been edited for content. That's right <laughs> As Blank, always, we blank, really blank Love blank. when you guys write in If you have any comments on this episode If you have any questions for Dan and Bob If you want to demand that they come back again and again Send all of that into mail M-A-I-L At channelmassive.com As always we love that you subscribe to us and you listen to us Let's get rolling
0: This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from
4: UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee,
0: you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to UGT-servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. Let's get into your listener
1: feedback. First up, Mark would like to extend a, a special thanks. To thanks.
2: You. Thanks you! I can't wait to try out this tribes of Sin Beta key that you sent in. Normally, we would do the honorable thing and have some kind of contest or something to allow the users, or the listeners, (laughs) as I like to call them, to have access to this wonderful thing. But the fans, as Noah calls them. But I'm just really greedy, and I want to try it out. And I didn't get into the beta, so I'm going to take advantage of this and use it. And Noah already has a beta key. Yeah. uh, It looks like Dan has one, too. So Bob does not. Does not. not. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it should be interesting to check out. So thanks again. Really excited to
3: try it. Thank you. Yeah, so it's it not really being selfish. It. You're doing a service to everybody because you can report on it. I will right? report on it if it's <clears throat> <much throat> accurately.
1: <laughs> I remember there was this one time where Mark got an advance, like a copy of League of Legends that he was going to write a review on. And... Two years later, that still hasn't (laughs) (laughs) The review has yet
2: to manifest. (laughs) He's still for game. I don't have enough time in the game yet. (laughs) (laughs) You've only played it
1: 500 times. Yeah.
2: I have, like, uh, enough hours for, like, three weeks of my life in it so far. That's true. Well, you
1: think 12 episodes of a podcast just on that game would be sufficient. So
2: I'll continue researching and... (laughs)
1: <laughs> You'll get back to because us because
2: it's an evolving game. It just didn't seem like the right time. Yeah, there's never a good time just to really name a verdict. You never know what's going to happen the next.
3: That's week. right. You might always change your opinion.
2: My review is it's yes. good.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's serviceable. It's what is best, it's best in life. <laughs>
2: yes, <laughs> It's one of the best things in life. Who else wrote in Agamemnon? Wrote yeah,
1: in? we got two emails from Agamemnon. One on one eighty four. One on or yeah. And one on episode one hundred eighty-five, and he prefaced the one on one hundred eighty-five that it was going to be a long email. So, in the interest of preserving the spirit of that email, it's got some ellipses in it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But basically, he wanted to. He has uh, he had a bunch of thoughts about digital distribution, which we talked about whether it would be taking over or replacing traditional retail distribution of video games. <clears throat> And he confessed that he actually wouldn't mind having digital distribution on a console because the X, the next Xbox may, according to the rumors, block the sale of used games and all this other stuff or yeah. block the plane of used games. Or the games. resale of the yeah. Really,
3: even of just uh of disks. Yes. Would be the... Well if
0: you
1: haven't noticed they, they've
3: lame.
4: really been pushing to try to get the uh, release dates on a lot of the games that they normally release on disk mm-hmm on On life as soon right. as possible, it used Which is to be good. there was used to be there that like four or six month gap, but now it's starting to get down to like a one or two month gap that after that they get it back out on life right so
1: yeah uh, it's it's really surprising to see those full price retail games showing up because used to be that, I remember it was like years old, like one or two year old games were showing up uh retail games that you could purchase on the it, store ex, yeah at, X- Xbox real t- games at retail on prices too, yeah, yeah,
4: it's kind of yeah. ridiculous yeah.
1: So we we talked about that last uh last week, and Agamemnon said he wouldn't mind if it were something like Steam with the concept of not only being able to buy a full copy of the game or also the idea of being able to rent a game digitally and so he elaborated he he elaborated so say that I digi rent Skyrim, I get a one time passcode that lets me play it for say one month at five dollars once that one time passcode runs out. I can then re-rent it if I want to finish the game or have the option to buy it at the reduced $45 cost since I'd already spent $5 to rent it. And he believes that having a system like this would be great for retailers and for gamers. First of all, for gamers, you don't have to worry about stuff ever being out of stock. You don't have to worry about dealing with silly DRM stuff. And then as far as the actual publisher, and developers of the games, they're going to be able to save money by only having to have one copy of the game that they distribute versus having to manufacture thousands of them. They won't have to ship it to stores. They'll probably get deals on the bandwidth for downloading these games. And they'll make one-hundreds of thousands of dollars on renting games. And when I read this, I kind of thought, this is a lot like being able to download a demo. And I don't believe that for $5 bucks you would be able to get a game, a $60 game, for a month. Right. Maybe two hours, It It perhaps. seems unlikely.
3: Or or what would likely happen is kind of like you are saying with... Uh, um, you know, the in-app purchases where there's kind of structuring the game around forcing you to do in-app purchases. Right. So if there was much in the way of, like, digital rentals, I think you'd see games that in, in some way force and, you know, in length, lengthy, lengthy gameplay, you know. We'd go back to the days of the big random generated mazes <laughs> where, where <laughs> there's absolutely no way you can finish this game without renting it ten times, you know, right. something like that.
0: I
4: could, I could also see them maybe going down this path where, they they stop doing the free demos and what you do is you do an actual initial purchase of say like a pre order ten bucks maybe then but I think the, free the demo. demos give
3: them a lot of sales oh,
4: I, I think, think they get a lot of sales from that right but but say say it's a ten dollar ten dollar uh, demo but the demo is maybe like thirty percent of the actual game so you get that play time you get so you can see whether or not you actually are going to get into this game and you really want to finish it and then once you get up to that critical point in the game then it gives you an option to Use that ton dollar as a pre-order to purchase the full game and then get the yeah. full game
1: I, I
3: just don't think that displaced demos though because the price barrier on getting somebody to purchase something from zero to ten cents is much larger than the barrier from getting somebody to go from ten cents to thirty bucks agreed it's it's the zero to anything is but, is the big consumer <laughs> is the big barrier in getting somebody to actually crack out I would be concerned
4: it. that we'll probably start seeing this happen I know EA was talking about you know they were thinking about putting well, they're talking about rather than actually just giving out demos, uh-huh. that they're actually going to charge a small amount for the demo. It'll probably be like a buck or two, but you know, they're trying to get that initial purchase in there. That
3: sounds like that, like that it initial would best be investment. For Almighty fail. Yeah. I but, well, uh,
2: they they're well on their way to mini Almighty fails. So yes.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I I, didn't like it, <laughs> I don't know if, if, whether renting <laughs> happens or not. I mean, they, um, you know the, uh, episodic released games. That's a um, cool idea. Yeah. Salmon Max. Yeah, all Starcraft the Telltale adventure right, games. Right, yeah. is becoming, you know, more and more of a thing. Yeah. I and I think that makes a great deal of sense.
0: Yeah.
3: As long as they don't piecemeal the game.
4: As long as it's not a situation where they don't actually give you a complete, whether it be a, a complete chapter or
3: a complete part of the story. Right, each chunk needs to be worth
1: paying for. Right, it yeah. needs to be self-contained. Yeah. Otherwise people aren't going to keep buying it, right? yeah. yeah. I recently experienced that with a game that I just finished, which was a massive game, but there are two DLC packages for it afterwards some expansions, and I'm like, oh, this will be really cool. But then I read about it. And essentially, even though there was a six-month break in between the release of these two things, it is one whole chunk of game. You have these levels that you go through and then there's a boss battle. And the boss battle, while protracted across a couple different stages, is the second ten dollar DLC. Really? And the first DLC is all the levels, the platforming levels that you go through to get to that boss. Which made some people really irritated. It's like why it's are you strictly not what you're expecting twenty bucks for a bunch of levels in a boss battle when you really should combine all that into a single maybe fifteen dollar purchase or maybe just ten? Yeah, that's pretty that's frustrating. Yeah, so I just went on YouTube and watched the and stuff like that and said, "Oh, please, I'm not gonna buy any of it." How much I love the original game. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of lame, I mean, I suppose, but because I do like supporting the developers, I like buying games uh, at retail. I'd rather buy them that way than used. Uh, but in this case, I'm not gonna support that kind of de- design decision. Now, the other part of uh, Agamemnon's epic email that was really cool is he answered. Uh, a topic that we brought up last week when we had Jeff on, which was if you could have one single game with you, a video game, on a, desert, on a deserted island. And keep in mind that this island is, as Jeff put it, techn- technologically capable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which means that you could have online multiplayer games. Portable fusion generator. something. Yeah. 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 Like, like the okay.
3: Lost Island. Right, right, like that stupid chamber in Lost that seemed yeah. to have epic amounts of uh, electricity and water and anything else that was yeah. plot convenient. Yeah, right. for decades. Yes.
1: Yeah. yes. <laughs> That's um, if there's one game that you could have, what would it be? Now, for Agamemnon, he said, that'd be a toss-up for me between an old Koei Super Nintendo and emulator game called Uncharted Waters. you <laughs> Or UW-2. And something like Skyrim, where they have all the random dungeons, tons of replayability, and just tons of options of how to play. Not one class or a correct way to play, like being a pirate as opposed to a trader. So Mark and I already talked about this last week, but since we've got new special guest hosts here, we're going to put you on the spot and ask you what would be your one deserted island game.
3: Well, the first question I would have is, does the island have any porn? Because if the answer is no, then I'd have to try and think of a game that has some sort of, some sort of new gaming content. That's but, hilarious. But otherwise, uh, you know, you could go the logical route and say, well, what game would have the most replay value? Something like Minecraft, which I think you guys talked about last episode, you know, which uh, logically would be a game that you could play for a very long time, play you yeah. know, pretty much 24 hours a day. Like a Lego set. But... You know, I think the spirit of the question is, what game do you really enjoy and really enjoy replaying? And for me, that'd have to be the orange box. Because oh, I, that's I uh, yeah. Half-Life 2 and Episode 1 and 2 are probably the only games that I've really played multiple times through. Well, you know, other than open-ended games where, you know, it makes sense to
0: right. play
3: multiple times through. But I, for some reason, I just absolutely love that game. I can be Gordon Freeman all the time.
1: Yeah. That's kind of like a cheat, though, because it's like five games in one. Uh, yeah
3: that's, no, that's no, actually, true it's, it's I was more. just going to say Half-Life 2 except that I love episode 1 and 2 so yeah. much that I was stuck between one. and there's Portal right I was really thinking of those three though and I couldn't <laughs> think of which one to actually go with so that's why I went ahead and just said Orange oh, Box okay. but you're right Team Fortress then if you could play multiplayer is you know yeah. never ending game not to itself. mention
4: it's the source engine which you can <clears throat> go in and modify and make mods for all like those games, games. So
3: well it, if it's on PC and not on yeah. console I was thinking Xbox Agreed. but yeah
4: Huh? Oh, if it's a console it would have to be Borderlands, really? well, you you to even, Borderlands even, huh? even though, it's, it, even though you know, there's just a limit to what the game actually has it is pretty vast and I like the style mm-hmm. and you do have four characters that you can constantly modify their tech tree on the fly too it's one of those ones that just kind of fit a genre need that I need, had shooting things
1: And collecting all five thousand weapons, especially
4: especially those little those little guys that start running out of the background,
1: (laughs) chasing after you. Those were good. (laughs) That's cool choices. Some cool choices.
2: Yeah, unexpected. That's cool.
1: Agamemnon also clarified what R stood for. Oh, thank you. Which (laughs) is uh, regards. Regards. Not real, as I was hoping. Because he's keeping it real. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it real, homie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so thank you very much to Hugh and also Agamemnon for your excellent emails. We look forward to hearing from you again. And if there's anybody else out there who would like to write in, in addition to these folks, or if Hugh and Agamemnon want to write again, send it into mail M-A-L. at com. Now we're going to be telling you what we've been playing this last week.
2: This is the part of the pie. <laughs>
1: Just kidding (laughs) Hey Mark You gonna You gonna host this segment
2: I reckon I can (laughs) Yeah This is the part of the podcast Where we discuss amongst ourselves What all we've been playing
3: Bob what the hell you been playing well, I've been playing Grandma's Jug Band Christmas. No. Uh,
0: actually, uh, I, I probably. <laughs> Did you say Grandma's Jugs? Jug Band. Jug Band. Jug oh, Band.
1: Okay, okay. Jug Band. There's kind of a theme to his podcast. <laughs> oh it is boom, boom, boom. Jug Band,
3: you know, like the Appalachian <laughs> thing. Jug. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was not good. Hey-oh. Yeah. Let's edit that out.
2: It incest so, is best
1: when practiced with the rest. Oh, don't no. worry, no. there's an incest <laughs> test. You can say whatever you want. There's a what? There's an explicit tag on the podcast.
3: Okay, well, that's cool. So, my <laughs> answers are probably going to be the boringest of all of everybody here because uh, I don't actually get a lot of chance to game by myself anymore. It's usually stuff that I can game with my kids. So, um, we play a lot of the Lego games. We've been playing Lego Star Wars 3 quite a bit. Um, and playing Halo, which unfortunately I kind of uh, made the mistake of allowing my nine year old to play <laughs> Halo, which is probably uh, really bad parenting. But. <laughs> he is really good at it.
1: Which version of which, of which game of the series?
3: Well, actually, we've got everything except Halo Wars. Right now, we've mostly been doing Halo 3 ODST, which is my personal favorite of the series. Yeah.
4: Your son teabagging you yet in the game?
0: <laughs> no.
3: No, he doesn't actually know what that is yet, thankfully. I don't let him play online. Oh, good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's my one mistake on letting him play super violent games.
1: Does he have a head? Okay, so he's not playing online. No, no fucking way am I gonna let him. Because that's play what online. really annoys me about Halo and Call of Duty is when I get online and there's kids. Although sadly, yes, button. sadly
3: there he does have a bunch of uh, classmates who all play Call of Duty Black Ops and are always apparently really yeah. into it, and they play online apparently, which I think is even more irresponsible parenting than my irresponsible parenting. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, it's it's. I mean, that's. You're actually supposed to be killing people in that game and everything, so I, mean, that's, yeah, I that's, think that's another level up than just, them for the than just playing clubs, aliens. Yes, yeah. exactly.
2: When Skynet, I mean Google, takes over. Yes.
3: yes. <laughs> all hail Google. Yeah. Well, Dan, what the hell you been playing?
4: Let's see. Oh, I got a laundry list. Um, Batman: Arkham City. Skyrim, of course got about hundred and ninety some odd hours into that. game. Holy
1: cow. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
4: My character is actually pretty interesting. I park her in dungeons and just walk away, go make some coffee, whatnot, come back. And there's a, a crowd of enemies that collect around me and they're still bashing away at me and just not doing any damage. So
1: tanky or something, or?
4: Well, I've got her set up so that she's almost um, completely immune to pretty much all physical and magic. And I've actually got her boosted so that her health regen is really high. So any damage she does get, she gets probably about 90% of it back in health. Oh, wow. So she, I mean, she's just a, a kind of a tank.
3: That makes so for some we're... challenging gameplay.
4: Oh,
1: yeah. She <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 has earned it. I mean, 200 hours almost. Yeah. I was going to ask you, what class are you playing in that? Because I've heard from somebody at my work that... Everybody plays one particular class because it's the best one to play.
4: Um, I don't play a particular class. It's kind of a hybrid I built. I guess you would call it a battle mage,
1: but kinda... okay, that's not what he uses. So it's a, yeah, I think it's a ranger or something. Uh,
4: Whatever yeah. shoots the arrows. Oh, so I I I went imperial. I went um, I think red. Sorry, red guard. Put your
0: Hands
1: off the table.
4: Sorry. The people I, in the I, conference planner, they're going, like, no! My
1: their ears! ears.
0: Yeah. are
4: bleeding. No,
0: ears. no
4: she's. It's, I started her off mainly focusing on conjuration, but, it, you know, you find something new, you find a new weapon, and you're like, oh, look, oh, I just put an arrow in some guy's knee.
2: Conjuration's cool because you get the sword and right. Uh, the. Right. Uh, what are those guys? Um, the.
4: Uh... I got the Dremora Lords, oh. which are absolutely entertaining. Because they're all screaming crazy stuff as they go running after the uh, enemies. <laughs>
2: that's awesome. Not just some you know mindless automaton, but no, something that screams obscenities, is it? Down.
4: <laughs> it's, it's something along the lines of like, "I'll honor my lord by destroying you." Well, that's stuff scary. like that. It's fun. <laughs> then, what system uh, are you playing all this on? Um, mostly the 360, but also on PC. So, are you playing Skyrim on PC? Currently I'm playing it on the 360. I'm waiting for a Steam sale on uh, PC before I pick it up. I you didn't
1: any mods, that's why I was asking.
4: No, I haven't. Just
1: it. the
2: nudity <laughs> mods.
1: Well, of course. i got
4: tons of mods <laughs> on Fallout, but... The hot coffee mod. The giraffe but... board. Yes,
2: oh my gosh, I've heard that. <in> <laughs> I forgot while. about that. Oh, <laughs> a
3: blast from the past.
2: That's the uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 mod? I think so, yeah. Then, of course,
4: you've got Battlefield. No Call of Duty Battlefield, 3? Battlefield three, Battlefield mm-hmm. three. Um, Good choice. I like
1: Battlefield's
4: multiplayer. Yeah, it's more structured. There's more. If you if you can't compare Call of Duty and Battlefield, they're completely different. One's like playing chess, and one's like playing checkers. Well,
2: chess and yeah. checkers are virtually identical. I don't understand your <laughs> There's pieces they're both on a grid-like board. Yes. <laughs> um, but um, anyway. alternating colored squares.
4: And then I've got an old favorite that I, I fire up every once in a while called Just Cause 2.
1: Oh, that's so good. I was just trying to get a buddy of mine into that the other week, and he like it. Yeah. I think it's so cool. It's so like you have
4: all this... It's a massive and sandbox, and, and there's just so much...
1: Oh, yeah, the that grappling hook. That game. is yes. a cool game. That's so fun. That's so there's fun. You so much content.
4: Go, you go into a, like a, a, part of, a part of an area where the militia's got everybody all, all fired up. You go in there, kill a couple people, jump on the front of a... A jeep. The jeep's going down the highway. You're hiding behind on on the grill of the jeep, hiding. They're coming up behind you. You fire the grapple at the front of their jeep, then you fire it into the street, and it slingshots
2: them off the highway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's absolute it's fun. It's like a double hooked grappling hook, so right. you can hit two points and oh, that's cool, man. See what happens. That is yeah. a cool thing.
1: Yeah. That one's Weapons, endless. Oh, on the sticky mines, just like planting all these sticky mines over like a building or a statue, and it's just like, ding, blow it up. All the world destruction That's great. That's awesome. There's
4: a part in one of the areas on the island where you can get a fire truck. The fire truck's extremely heavy, so you can go find one of those statues, grapple the head off the statue to the fire truck, and you can basically drag it through town doing bowling. And, like, knock over pedestrians and other vehicles. Know, the head just keeps... Awesome. If you if keep, keep the fire truck moving just right with enough momentum, you can literally just take that head and just crush everything in its path. It's absolute <laughs> fun. That's
0: hilarious.
1: You are truly someone that sounds like that it explores every aspect of a game. If you, if you enjoy it. Yes. That's pretty cool. I thought you said you weren't going to have much to talk about.
3: Huh? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Well, <laughs> so- <laughs> Um. You'll never find a time when Dan doesn't have something to talk about.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you find the picture? The
2: draft porn picture? No, you didn't, okay. No, I can't find
1: Sorry, you. listeners, I'm on red alert for giraffe porn. <laughs> it can happen anytime. In the
2: show notes. That's, that's like the Spanish Inquisition, no one ever expects it. Um, anyway. Yeah, I really wish I'd brought my computer.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's worth seeing. <laughs> It'll
2: pop up right there. Oh, You'll okay, okay. never
1: forget it once you see it. Yeah, cool. it's
2: kind of like brain damage. I'm already
1: guessing what this some is. Some things it's that have been
2: seen so... can never be unseen. <laughs> exactly. I bleach. Yeah. Um, so, Noah, what have
1: you been playing? Thank you, Mark. Thank you for asking. Well. <laughs> Let's see, I got, got Resident Evil Revelations, which is really excited about because I got the little extra analog stick that goes on the 3DS so I could have true, like, current gen controls on my 3DS. Works pretty good. The game is excellent. I like Resident Evil, the Resident Evil series quite a bit, and it's console quality. As far as I'm concerned, I mean, there's some cheesy aspects to it, but Resident Evil always has cheesy aspects. Is it
4: is it actually a full storyline game, or did they go just like kind of like the time trial stuff that they had? Yeah,
1: it's it's not mercenaries. It's a full storyline. It's it's okay. set up in episodes as well, and it does some Alan Wake action where when it, it ends on cliffhangers with each chapter. Okay. And then you'll do a flashback segment, and then you'll come back and be like, previously, this is what had happened. It is it, <laughs> so cool. Awesome. Love it. It makes it more appropriate for a portable game to have little discrete chunks of gameplay. <clears throat> so that's really cool. Also started reviewing a game that's supposed to be like Professor Layton, but really so far it's not. And I'm already regretting after like 10 minutes of it that I said I'd review it for my Nintendo website. I'm like, oh god, this is going to be a long, long experience. Could you it's outsource it to India
2: or China?
3: <laughs> this is Noah, and I am here to discuss this game. <laughs> I have many,
2: many, many, many hours to discuss this game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you truthfully.
1: It
2: will take many, many, many many hours. Thank you, come again. I need these specifications.
1: <laughs> um, some of that, some online Resident Evil mercenaries on my 3DS. Also... Played some older 360 games. Now that I just finished Castlevania Lords of Shadows, it's like, oh, what to play next? So played a bunch of Dante's Inferno last night, con- continuing the whole hell and monsters and sacrilegious imagery theme. <laughs> Castlevania was
4: surprisingly good. It's definitely not yeah. like the platformers, of course. It's a different...
1: No. But I was it... really surprised by the last boss and how it all ended up working, but it was good. It's so much better than
4: the 3D attempt they did with uh, the Nintendo 64, which was just Oh my gosh, that was horrific. so bad. Well,
1: no, the ones on PlayStation 2 were re- They were supposed to be re- redemptive. It was more like
4: were. a card game on the, that one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: This one was so good. It's like, it's two discs of content on the 360. So that, I do not normally Damn, expect a Castlevania huge. game to be that long. But every environment, it's just like you could stop the game or pause it wherever you're at and it looks like a painting. It just, it's just so... Artistically beautiful, and it's a lot of fun. There's just lots of, lots of levels and lots of variety in the monster design and the objectives. And so. oh, that's Dante's Inferno. Did you and play Dante's Inferno? I,
4: I, started playing Dante's Inferno and then felt it was too much like God of War, so I kind of. It
1: is very similar, but the the thing it. is is Castlevania is a lot like that God of yeah. War. It borrows a lot from God of War. Well, so the
4: one so. thing about Castlevania was it wasn't all these annoying, ass. Quick time oh, events. Oh, press X. Press I hate oh God, quick those time are, events. Yeah, those are evil. If I wanted to play a movie like the you? old like coin op Dragon's Lake, I those would
2: go play the old coin op like Dragon's Lake. Yes, yes. I'm just really good at them, so I like them.
3: Yes, they're really good if they press one button. <laughs> Over and it's over. like a quiz show without the quiz. Yeah, <laughs>
2: it's like a quiz show without the answers. The Here's the
1: answer.
4: That's a, that's, a, that's a very good analogy. If you like horror and you have a connect, you should check out that uh, Rise of Nightmares. I don't it's have a It's actually connect. pretty good.
1: I've heard that. If I had a connect, would totally get at my apartment, you start getting paranoid because you're all, like trying to twist
4: your body and move away, and they're sitting there climbing onto you. You're
1: like, yeah.
4: <laughs> it's, it's actually a lot of fun.
1: Uh, yeah, that's one I've not gotten a chance to play, unfortunately. Yeah, QuickTime
3: events were one of my two biggest disappointments with Forks Unleashed. Mm. QuickTime events and the fact that you're not actually evil. That Surprise! Really- <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: you're actually Yep, really
3: sorry, you shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't have spoilers for anybody who hasn't played that piece of shit we'll already. Let's go ahead but.
2: and bring <laughs> the Kotar spoiler while yes. we're at it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
2: well, it's part of the podcast where I ask myself what I've been playing. <laughs> what is have me, you been playing, what Mark? Indeed, have I been? The
1: people playing? have been waiting.
2: For Many you. people want to know. Um, well, big surprise, League of Legends. I got to uh, right. weather the Sona nerf
1: patch. Have you played since then? Yeah. How is it?
2: I still am number one when I play with her. So it's been good. Unless you're Excellent. playing, and then I'm number two. who is number two who works for number two who does does number two work for (laughs) (laughs) for? (laughs) courtesy flush no it's um it is definitely a little bit gimping in the early levels but like that like like the uh infographic I came up with that was so cool (laughs)
1: that shows just how invested you are in this game
2: I did an analysis of the nerf and it's effects on my my favorite (laughs) character that's cool that's actually pretty cool it was like Actually, by the last level, it's totally even, and there's a slight upside to what they did. It's just wow. early on, it's kind of a slight nerf. But, yeah, it's. Um, I've been able to work around it. And I think my build is so different that it doesn't really matter to me. So, I've been all right. Right on. And I played uh, Star Wars the Old Republic. It's the only other thing i played. Because, as we all know, I finally finished Tower Defense Lost Earth on super ultra-hard mode, and so... It's dead to me now, and I use my iPhone <laughs> for, as a phone now and for Kindle reading. Um, but, yeah, I got to, like, level 31 in the older public, and um, continue to... Every time I play with my co-worker, Uli, I seem to fall asleep right around 11 o'clock. And he's <laughs> going to be convinced I have narcolepsy, so it's really quite
1: embarrassing. Now, where are you still sabotaging, like, group activities? This time,
2: uh, he and uh, Scott Pruitt are one of our... our
1: Scott can stay awake longer than you, and he's, like, two hours in the future. Yeah, yeah. and so they, they, like, they were he's totally the cool. We went so to they Tat- need
4: to quit tasing. He needs to quit tasing his slave and have somebody tase him, huh? I do like to. That's s-
1: right.
2: T- I like slave tasing. <laughs> but anyway, we went to Tatooine, and, 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 like, they had both been through all these, um, like, quests or missions or whatever, and they were like, well, we'll just take you through them. It'll be quick. And so we finally were, like, almost to the point where it was time where we would be caught up with Yuli and could do his quest. I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. I can't take any And then, like, I must have given them all of, like, one millisecond to respond, and then I just disconnected. (laughs) So (laughs) I was like, yeah, you just kind of said, guys, I don't think I can take anymore. And then you were, like, gone. (laughs) I was like, wow, I was a little more tired than I thought. Because when I came down the next day to feed the cat, like, the game was still up and running on the computer and stuff. I was it was eleven o'clock, I just hit the wall, so Wow. Yeah, so it was kinda sad. But anyway, I got to level thirty one. Still really enjoying it. I have really figured out how to make money in the game, so I'm doing really well with the Galactic Exchange. Are you then.
1: still playing your original yeah. character?
2: Yeah. And I finally got him a helmet. So instead of looking wow. like he has <laughs> some kind of like, you know, iron lung problem where he needs a needs a um, Ventilator or whatever, he actually yeah. just has a full helmet. The only problem is it's kind of cyclopean or cyclopean or whatever, <laughs> so it looks like he's maybe the guy from the day of the earth is still. <laughs> <laughs> Big single line. yeah, it's pretty weird. So, character. you're not being d- distracted by your bank character? No, I'm not. I, I'm really excited to just. This is so
1: unlike you for an MMO because Mark traditionally will just altitis. I have altitis,
2: yeah, play but, for five levels and then make a new one. Or delete the one I had and rebuild it yeah. you know, better than before.
1: Yeah, yeah. so I've stuck with this guy for a while. Wow, so. that's, that's pretty cool. Getting
2: kind of close to the end of Chapter 1, I think. So,
1: Be cool. And the, what does that mean?
2: Oh, they break it up into these chapters because it's you know, way more narrative. Than, chapter 1 at
1: level 31?
2: Yeah. That's well, there talking. was an intro, and then there's <laughs> Chapter 1 has been pretty humongous. How many
1: levels are in the game? What's 50? 50? Yeah how many chapters are I don't
2: people? know I'm suspecting two <laughs> honestly based that on the, like the way it's going yeah so I think i read read maybe it's more like
1: act one and act two maybe that's what they meant yeah
2: I think you finish you're supposed to around level 35 you're supposed to finish chapter one and get your next
3: like NPC that joins you
2: wow so
3: that's,
0: that's
2: kind of where I'm at now just trying to get to
3: 35 and I, I really think the only reason you're sticking with that character this long is the slave girl shocking. Well, I mean, that's all That's all we ever hear about is the slave true, girl. Sla- I've got to punish why? my slave girl Ow, again. quit, it. Ow, it.
2: quit the, it. To move the camera around and do the POV upskirt thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can totally like put her in a really skimpy outfit. So I like to do that as well. I find it very satisfying overall. quite nice.
3: Okay, and on that
1: awkward silent note. Maybe, maybe I
2: don't actually go to sleep when... Hey, good to
0: that.
1: La la la. <laughs> hey listeners, if you have true confessions like this to share with true us, true confessions, things you We to want to hear him. Send them in. Make Mark feel like he's not the only one.
3: The only, yeah. And pretend he's normal.
1: That's okay. You don't have to pretend I'm
2: normal. That <laughs> ship has sailed. <laughs> All right. Anyway, shall we uh, move on to our round table topics? Yeah. Our square or rectangular table is the case, maybe. our roundtable discussion. This is where we will eventually dig into our two expert guest co-hosts, knowledge yes. of mobile gaming. But before that, something that was kind of left out of what we're playing, I think Noah's chomping at the bit to talk about... Oh, I don't know
1: if I'd say that. Let's not overstate it, but I am excited. Okay, I am. Kingdom, Kingdoms of Amalur. Reckoning. The worst. So
2: stupid. <laughs> brass, Such a stupid
3: title. The Reckoning.
2: I thought, Across the board. I thought we knew it was always adjective adverb, of, or noun adjective adverb of the preposition was the correct yes. format. Yes,
1: but uh. <laughs> This is one of the worst. I mean, Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, at least there's more than one interesting word in there that's not stupid. But this one, there's two. Kingdoms, okay, that's pretty lame, like boring. And then Amalur, you don't have. I don't know. I didn't know how to pronounce until I watched. I played the game, and then this blah 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 windbag narrator said, "Reckoning." uh, Yeah, uh, and uh, anything the uh, reckoning. That's right. Is bad and that was funny because Jason our
2: former co-host used to always name his <laughs> characters if he could whatever <laughs> it was the reckoning the <laughs> so cheesy like, that is the ultimate like total like sellout pie out kind of like I can't think of anything it's to ricky. name this game so he would call him the darkness 3 the reckoning so so you played it the demo
1: yeah so and um, what I'm the reason I'm being so sarcastic about it is because that's the kind of expectations I had about this game. And then I was almost disappointed that the reviews were so positive. I'm like, what the hell? Why did this <sighs> game get good reviews? This, like, random thing they piled out to the developer to help make some money to extend their lengthy MMO development timeline. And so I'm like, all right, I need to download the demo and see if this is the real deal. Because I do like really good combat in an RPG, because it usually doesn't happen. And right. As I've gotten older, I kind of need more blood and things being killed. I don't really I mean, have the like patience. Like, have intestines destruction. Intestines
2: yeah. flying around.
1: and. Yeah, that's what... Well, we talked about that when I talked about Old Republic, and you were very respectful, Mark, and not arguing me about it. Like oh, yeah. Just some stupid dude, and you just circle straight around them, and the dude just keeps, like, fire, firing, firing at you, and then you just keep tapping, tapping, tapping your attack, and... Woo, sign me up for hours of that. (laughs) Uh, So I wanted to see how Kingdom of Zambler was set up with the idea that potentially the MMO is going to have the same kind of combat engine. And as I had read, Mr. Kurt Schilling is like extremely proud of the game world of this game because it was created by R.A. Salvatore. Or Salvatore, I don't know. With art by... Todd McFarlane, oh my god. Former golden boy. Yeah, there's just
4: so much. There over. was art from this? because it he really designed felt all the like the wow. Uh,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The visual design is so much like wow. It's it's, it's just insane. Kind of, yeah, yeah. You really feel like you're totally playing an expansion of World War. Must have been why I liked it so War. much. <laughs> or a hand copy of it. A canned yeah. copy of Wow, yeah. you know. And it's just the over, light edition. Overly complicated. There's a really sarcastic review I read about so, it. Somewhere did they
3: zig Wow? But a um, yeah.
1: yeah. Yes they okay. did pull yeah. a out They yes. essentially Pulled a Zynga Yeah um, But it's like There's these elves And there's two kinds But they're not elves They're called something else But really they're just elves They call them long
2: ears Around this yeah. part
1: And there's just like All this overly Overdone Like political ramifications Like they're trying to pull Game of Thrones And Lord of the Rings And everything else And this narrator's Droning on it's just like Oh my god and Like every character's Voice active And you can ask them Seven things But I really just Don't give a crap Cause it's not interesting nor lore, lore. and like the game's main hook is that um there's fate weavers in this world and they're basically tarot card readers and everybody everybody's future is predestined there's no mystery about it and the fate weaver can tell you what it's going to be you die and you get brought back through this well of souls contraption and because of that all of a sudden your are the decks are cleared as far as your fate is oh, off. so you can shape your destiny and your fate and When I first read about it, I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. But then I was playing, I'm like, this isn't really that big of a deal. No. Unless you're somebody who has a really strong belief system that everybody's live, everything happens for a reason, and there's no two ways around it. Would this really be exciting? But I think, especially in an open world game, it's really about choosing what you're going to do. So that whole concept is like, meh, whatever. So all that said, I really like the combat. It's very button mashy. And targeting and dodging in and out of the attacks And charging stuff up and The combat
4: system was good
1: That's, that's what's the best about it the, I can't say that the tech trees were
4: good and the uh, fact that well, you can sit there and mishmash And change them on the fly that's It kind of ruins that whole investment I'm going to go down this path I'm going to invest my time and my points into this path Because I want to try to develop this there, there's, no, there's no consequences there you well, did, you,
1: did you ever play Train? Trying was kind of like that as well.
4: Yeah, I played Train too. So Trine was kind I'm, of. I'm somewhere. thinking, or is
1: it Rift? Is it, it's Rift. I'm sorry, Rift. 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 I haven't played Rift yet. Where you can have like multiple personalities, essentially, the classes, and you can flip between them on the fly, which is something that a lot of people liked because I think there's people out there that are like, "Oh my gosh, I invested all these hours, in it, and I just want to keep playing at this level, and I don't want to be like Mark and smelt it and <laughs> play start it over again from yeah. scratch." But <clears throat> so is that how the concept works? Because the demo, it you. You get through a certain introductory sequence, and it's like you have 45 minutes left so to just play the game. muck around, yeah. Yeah, and so I took on a whole bunch of quests. The quests are kind of generic, but it's just kind of fun running around and being able to quick teleport. It's very much like an MMO, though. Yeah. It's it's grindy, and the quests aren't that interesting, but the combat's fun. I, I just didn't get enough time in it to figure out how it works, so basically, can any point but The you story
4: stay? is horribly cheesy, and the graphics are basically wow. It's. You know, I would prefer to play WoW, you know, in, in that kind of scenario. Yes, I like the combat, I like the combat, it flowed yeah. well. It reminded me a lot, when I was playing through it, it really felt like it, they took Fable
1: and, and slapped
4: like WoW graphics on top.
1: That is so true. That's because even
4: the point. narrating yeah. just had that same feel that they do in Fable. You know, this is blah, 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 You know, the it's way a they kind of- very linear
1: world, too. Yeah. It's like there's little chunks and then there's roads that connect to the other chunks very MMO which felt a lot like Fable as well right so I don't know I, so you got to play a little bit of the demo weren't
2: yeah I didn't get to the 45 minute free play part though I, I, my narcolepsy took over
4: <laughs> I guess you don't get the free armor DLC then that's
1: right it gives you like all these things like you get all these things that now that you can have in the game when you buy the game and then there's Mass Effect 3 stuff Mass right? Effect 3 stuff yes that you get so it's kind of cool it's, it's worth it to play through for that if you can do it
2: yeah, I enjoyed the combat though. I thought it was pretty fun.
1: I felt that it if World War awesome. of Warcraft had that same combat system, I probably would have stayed in the game longer. You know yeah. what kind of had a
4: combat system like that? It's an older game, but the original like Dungeon Siege 2. Yeah, you were able um, to set up. You were able, able to set up your uh, your your, dungeon siege your game. skill system so that you could either be like um, um, magic class or like a melee class, and you could. Flip on the fly. And this has that kind of similar feel it where does have that flip platform. the style on the fly.
1: Can you flip on the fly or do you have to like go out and re- pull all your points out and then respect it all in? Oh, well,
4: you still have to do that. But I mean, I'm talking about the actual combat where you yeah. know, you're know you using magic, then you flip to doing melee, then you flip to doing... That's uh, true,
1: yeah. That kind of threw me off during the intro section because it seemed like I was starting to build up as a knight. It's like... All right, right, you got a sword, well, now you got all this armor. Did it? And then it's like, alright, now you got a staff, now you're gonna start shooting magic. <laughs> the
2: odd thing to me was, I started out as like a, a melee type character, and then when I started to get some spells, I switched to that. But it was always interesting that at no point was the shield actually showing up on my character, because then I could just hit shift
3: and go clank. It just suddenly appeared? Yeah, it was yeah. just suddenly a giant <laughs> shield would suddenly appear
2: out of nowhere. And then as soon as I did something else, it would magically disappear. So I was like... Just it comes out I of Hammerspace.
1: Huh? It wasn't your character's back. No, oh, I broke it was some. a magic shield. Because there's some amulets that... It's just an amulet. Yeah, no, I
2: had a just a regular old kite, the first kite shield. Oh, wow! And so I'd hit shift, and it'd be like clank, and I'd block, and then it'd go away altogether, and I'd have
3: my little staff, and I'd be like, that would be great if it had like Bugs Bunny looking graphics. The Acme Shield, yeah, yeah. Acme.
2: yeah. It was like, but, but it did, it was fun combat. I liked it. I just
1: yeah. The reviews I read about it, they were just they they treated like the Second Coming of. It's, RPG it's, combat—it's over-exaggerated, Yes, so like, yes, every the combat's great like, and everything, you can't but any RPG after this and not feel bad that the combat not I'm like I don't know about that. I
2: don't know if it's worth an eighty-six on Metacritic right now, which is where it's holding steady. But it's
4: not like the storyline's gripping at all. You you In fact,
2: I'm sure everybody's skipping, skipping, skipping. Written skipping, by you
3: a know? real novelist, you would uh, think the storyline would be—and it's you know, all really acted,
1: which normally is really cool. But I'm just like, I just read it and like. Eh. Amp, amp, yep, amp, yeah, and just skip through it. It's actually, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's pretty fun. Uh, I played it through the whole demo. I didn't stop and I should have because I was up way too late that night as well. <laughs> but it was actually compelling enough, which surprised me because it's been a long time since I've played anything, fantasy RPG. It's
4: one of those you can just grab and, and waste a few hours in and not not feel invested in it. Like yeah. you have to engage in it. Yeah. But it's not
3: boring.
1: Yeah, no, I so, But I feel like I was deserving it. That
3: not a hell of a recommendation. <laughs> no, this game isn't it's, boring. It's, it's funny. It doesn't suck. All,
2: all three of us who played it have like kind of a like a love hate thing with it. Like we're almost like if you take Todd McFarlane and Ari Salvatore and and a super you know game fanatic like Kurt Schilling and put them all together and give them enough money, you expect to have something that would be kind of like
3: up here Yeah, it should be stuck Nice to use a visual metaphor when but when we're completely an audio
0: yes.
3: <laughs> podcast. Well, keeping... yeah.
0: It was this big. It was like... As you can't
3: see? He's gesturing yeah. to his penis. Five, five,
2: years, five years of doing this podcast and I still do this. <laughs> Put your hand in the air. Yeah, But, you know, you would expect it to be at a really high level, and yet we all are kind of, I don't know, jaded You know, gamers. Well, it doesn't
1: help that Chilling went on to... It's, um, late nines like, oh my god, this is like Lord of the Rings, and this is going to be really big, and we're going to be around for a long time. Well, he,
0: they're
4: just they're, they're overselling it, and that's what's actually taking away from the game. If they said, hey, here's a good game, have it, play with it, enjoy it," then people might be more like, "Oh, it's good." Body. It's it's it it like overhyped movies. Like, yeah, what was that? that? what was that? Uh, one with Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee, the Hidden Kingdom or whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. They hyped it up in the, the in all the uh, commercials that ooh it's Jackie Chan versus Bruce I mean uh, Jet Li? Jet Li. I was <laughs> say I was Bruce Lee. say it wasn't Jackie Chan like, it was like pretty a similar, young <laughs> when. Yeah, like, but it was anyway, anyway all, from grave. All, <laughs> <laughs> all all the all the commercials up to the time they released the movie were Jet Li and Jackie Chan, Jet Li and Jackie Chan. And then you go and see the movie and it's about some I hate to say this but I'm going to be a bit of an ass here. Some stupid white guy that's getting beat up by some um gangs and then these guys like pull him off into some weird world. So it's it's all about this white guy and you're like, "What the hell?" And you're like, I was yeah. expecting to see these great battles between these two and it, no, none of that. Yeah. So
1: and I feel like if I'm not that invested in the game that's especially being emphasized as being so high quality, I feel like I'm not that's like a, a doing a disservice to it. It's like if I'm not really into it as much as everybody says that I should be into it, this probably just isn't the right game for me. Mm-hmm. I, think
3: I think our earlier mistake though has given me a great idea for a topic for a game. It should be Zombie Bruce Lee.
1: Zombie Bruce
3: Lee. Yes. <laughs> 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 zombie pop- Bruce Lee versus the world.
4: The problem is Zombie Bruce Lee. He go ah, and his arm go flying across the screen. That would be right. his special attack. he'd be attack. all pissed off and mad because he have to walk all the way over there. That'd his
3: special it. attack. <laughs> Wah! And his arm would come flying off and hit you from across the screen.
1: That would be cool. <clears throat> um. Yeah. So that's our pseudo-arduinomilor. Yeah. Jared right. does not like it. She has a strong distaste for it. Just oh, is that right? Throw that in there. I, I, I think you oh,
3: probably just answer. misunderstood their <laughs> hype. They didn't mean it was like Lord of the Rings, as in it was revolutionary for its time. They mean it's like Lord of the Rings, as in we ripped off elements wholesale, right?
1: <laughs> oh. Lord of the
3: Rings
2: He's like, like the Lord of the Rings He's got elves and shit That's a great
1: way of putting uh, it That's really funny Yeah. I'd be interested to hear if any listeners feel differently Or love the game or whatever Let us know, send it in an email Or if you've even just tried the demo, tell us what your thoughts were on that Yeah, curious to hear Take this job and shove it I
2: ain't working well, so the reason we got these guys to come down to the subterranean layer slash studio of Channel Massive... The also, conference call of doom. Also known as my basement. Um, <laughs> Getting through the security uh, doors was my, really Actually, painful. it's my parents' basement. I <laughs> <as well laughs> moved out. <laughs>
3: Mark, it's time for your bath! No, oh, I don't want my bath!
2: You're
0: bath. <laughs> oh, man.
2: <laughs> Not later, Mom!
0: Um,
2: anyway... <laughs> um, is because um, Bob and Dan have a uh, they have a, a game development studio. Would that be
1: fair to call it that?
3: That's kind of overemphasizing uh, it, but yeah. it's, it's, like it's kind days. of like this is an underground
1: layer, really. Yeah, but yes, yeah. it's like Electronic Arts. Yes, yes, <laughs>
2: um, and they develop um, uh, games and other applications for the, well, the Android platform. Correct? Yeah, we
3: have a, we have a couple small applications, and we're we're working on a game because we decided that developing. Their small applications was kind of dull. So we thought, <laughs> well, let's go with games and see if that's more interesting.
2: Yeah. So, so we're working on this.
3: Um,
4: year and a half?
3: Yeah, I think so, yeah. And then that was mostly a lot of that was, you know, trying out various ideas of applications and stuff, some of which we released on the market, and uh, which you can search the Android market for rock noggin software. But, <laughs> um, right oh, no. And then, you know, we decided to uh, start trying... Uh, to develop a game not that long ago, probably more like six months ago or something on that. And so we've been trying to learn our way around that sort of thing.
0: That's Um, cool.
3: So we've had some missteps and then some, you know, course corrections. And, yeah, one of these days we'll finish.
2: Well, cool. (laughs)
3: We're kind of part-time developers since we both have real day jobs.
2: Yeah, because the goal, right, is that the game starts to add, like you start to get one or two or three or whatever games launched and then, you start to gain... shave off one or two, three
4: hours for corporate America.
2: Supplemental <laughs> income comes in, and you're like suddenly you're like I don't need my day job anymore. I'll do this professionally, right? That I mean,
3: is, well, you know that that would be the dream. But I, honestly, what I'm looking for is just something interesting to do to keep myself from going insane in well a normal corporate America <laughs> yeah. doldrums. So, Plus, there's so like,
4: that just whole pride in actually creating something, putting out there, and that, that's it exactly. And seeing yeah. people
3: experience it. It's it's the fun of trying to build something, you know. Right. I, I, I like trying to build or create things that's that's why i like brewing beer too which is my other big hobby but
2: that's why i like building real real size sex dolls
3: yes you know and they're (laughs) very realistic too actually i think so just Thank, kidding. Thanks for letting us borrow a couple. Yeah, well, you know,
2: uh, I don't want them back.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that's, that's that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they been That's good. Cindy stays with me. Stay fit. Cindy, Cindy's my
1: good girl. My
3: girl. <laughs> She's a bad, bad, bad girl. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd like the strawberry shortcake. Out <laughs> oh, that's just bad.
2: <laughs> oh, anyway, so um, so we we came up with some questions ahead of this. Um, um, I know, noticed. To, to grill you with. And so the first one, I guess, would be just kind of, you know, what, what do you think, like, the barriers barriers to entry um, just to get into this kind of thing are as far as, you know, cost? Is it difficult? Or, you know, do you need specialized tools?
3: First you have to get through the candy cane forest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, that could be very Actually, the barriers to entry uh, to Android development are really minuscule. I think it was... Do you remember Dan? I think it was like twenty bucks for the Android Market account, right? And that's and that like was a, a flat lifetime. Charge. That yeah, that's like a, a lifetime, lifetime charge. Thing. That was just
4: so that they, they can create an account for you.
3: Yeah, yeah, basically create an account for you, and you know all the tools are free to download. The you know they use Eclipse for the development environment. Although you don't have to use that. I've, Yeah, that's probably why we haven't made much progress. I keep playing around with my development environment. But (laughs) I have done some uh, Android development in uh, Emacs, and then I played around with NetBeans for a little while, and then back to Eclipse. So really almost anything that will work as a Java editor will work just fine. Uh, So there's, you know, the barriers to entry are really just your interest level and the amount of time you want to put into it.
2: Right. And compared to, like, iOS, I mean, it sounds like for that you actually have to have a Mac to do not them. just a Mac dual core Intel Mac
3: a non-sucky Mac
2: yeah right yeah. I mean that's kind of a barrier to entry for your average I mean that's, that's plus, certainly a barrier to entry also, for me
3: since I no longer own one but,
2: right
4: plus they have a I think I'm, correct me if I'm wrong anybody but I think they have like a, a yearly maintenance fee you have to pay for the access to the actual development platform
3: Wow. Yeah, that was to the App Store. I don't remember, I don't to be honest know which with you. One it was. I didn't look too much beyond, into it beyond finding out that trying to load the tools on a Franken Mac was just too much of a pain in the ass yeah, to be worth did, it. Huh? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, didn't really go down that route too much. So on the plus side, though, you know, on the uh, iOS side, if you've already got a Macintosh, you've already got an iPad or an iPhone, there's lots of really well developed um, toolkits. Uh, you know, frameworks. Mm-hmm. There's tutorials everywhere you look on the net. There's there's a surplus of them. So lots of things for how to develop them. On the minus side, you know, the uh, Apple App Store is pretty well flooded with lots of very high quality games put out by Action you know game well well financed studios. Yeah. So it's yeah. probably pretty the, hard now for awesome an indie to get.
4: Board of approvers that may or may not allow your application out on the market. There. That's true. Yeah, and
3: that could be difficult, especially if you have find it out that you have and kind, of, kind of a game-stopping it, it, uh, bug, right? Well,
4: you know. it's not even that. It's it's not even even. It's not even fair how they judge some of the applications,
3: so? no.
2: I've been told, though, if you send a picture, like a glossy of yourself wearing a black turtleneck and jeans, that you'll instantly be approved.
3: Uh, zombie Bruce Lee versus zombie Steve Jobs. Oh, there
2: you oh. go. That'd be great. <laughs> yes. like Too, soon. Too, <laughs> soon. Too soon. Too soon. Yeah, maybe. Um... I don't know, um, so what what was kind of your motivation for developing games on this specific platform? I mean, we've kind of gone over a couple of things that I could infer would be motivational, but that, you know, versus, like, Flash or, um, you know, actual, like, a real, you know, PC DirectX type game or, um, you know... Been there, done that. I've worked on several mod teams before.
4: Mm -hmm. Not necessarily with all the coding, but... um, Investing time in a bunch of mods for different games. Um, plus, you know, I, I kind of have an affinity for Android right now.
3: He's a complete Android loyalist.
2: Yeah.
4: How many uh, Android well, uh,
2: phones or tablets do you
4: own? Um, well, one tablet. I've got the G1, the G2, the MyTouch 3G Slide, wow. a Droid, and a couple others. They're all for development, of course. Air yes. quotes. Yeah, air quotes. Development. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: more of a technology slut. I'll use whatever. but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happens to be attractive at the moment. I just,
4: I just like the fact that the platform is pretty open. That you, that you can pretty much do what you want to do with it. If you don't like the way it looks, there's ways of go getting around it and changing the environment. You're not locked down to some... Totalitarian <laughs> regime. regime that that has been dictated to you by some big white fruit.
3: Well, and that, that's a good point. I mean, I, I definitely have experienced that just this week by reflashing my uh, my rather aged Nexus one. I should be fair to say that I also have
4: an iPad and an iPhone for work reasons, and yeah. so you
2: have an iPad for work reasons. Yes, unfortunately. I know about that, that one. Mm, that's interesting. Mm, that's cool.
3: Um. <laughs> No, but uh, that and, uh, you know, from my standpoint, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, I haven't tried doing anything for PC mods or anything for a hell of a long time, probably like 15 years or something, but uh, played around with a little bit of that. I think on a on a PC, it's pretty hard to put together a full, complete game and distribute it and get noticed and everything like that. Although, um, you know, Minecraft shows that smaller scale games are still possible, although that guy's, you know, an ungodly badass, so yeah, yeah. have no... no uh, no thought that I'll ever be able to compete with his kind of uh, genius, but um, right. But you know, flash games actually still look like a pretty interesting platform, even though it's completely oversaturated. Optimally- no, it's over oversaturated, but well, there's still so Flash many people is going playing. Away.
4: Everybody's converting to HTML5, so actually oh, only the black
3: turtleneck uh, crowd. Oh, okay. Pretty Colour- <laughs> cool. <Yeah. laughs> a- anybody anybody who's not on an iOS device probably still has Flash, and probably most of the, the people who would be Fair playing enough. Flash games Fair enough. don't even know it's a Flash it, game. They just know they're playing in their browser, right? Just, right.
2: It's probably not worth mentioning, but I you know, when, I, when we're death to kind of Silverlight pulling together oh, so oh when we're pulling together the show notes I saw that some html5 game development company folded already oh crap you know so that was quick
3: yeah if I was gonna do browser games right now I would probably be looking at the html5 stuff closely to you know keep track of it I'd probably be targeting flash because it's what the most robust tools out there are for and what well, most yeah. of the users are going to be used to so they're right. you know they're gonna have the least problems I know they can't
2: game. ever use their right mouse button
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. They're
3: used to those limitations, right? Across that bridge. So uh, there's probably some interesting <laughs> stuff to be done in that in yeah. that area. And also really, that's also another one that's really easy to get started for and uh, yeah. deploy for and everything. But, you know, we just kind of stumbled into Android and it was fairly comfortable.
2: Well, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, my... I'm asking the questions, but I'll give my opinion too, just yeah. for the hell of it. I, well, we look, know we cannot stop you. Yes, it's, it's <laughs> right because I control the DAW. Stop but, the vlogging. Uh, um, anyway, I, I think it's interesting because it kind of harkens back to the old days where you didn't have the giant game studios totally owning like everything. Yeah, that's very true. And so, you know, a small indie, you know, game development company of one or two people can actually put out a product. Yeah. And. I think it allows people to showcase like their skills. You know, you can you can program it, you can come up with the graphics on your own, you know, you can come up with music and sounds and put it all together and I think that's that's really something that's kind of cool and that you just don't see anymore with these teams of you know 150 people working on this project or some facet of this project or you know it's outsourced to like three different three, yeah, teams. Exactly.
3: which just outsourced. sounds yeah. like its own hellish variation on corporate uh, slavery really uh, i mean, totally it, just, doesn't it you know yeah. it's
2: like so it's cool because it kind of is like a back to the grassroots level kind of thing that you know some of the most successful games aren't actually the ones that ea is putting out or no they're the yeah. ones
4: zynga copies
3: that's yeah. Well, you know, and a lot of the really successful games still have some sort of high-level backing, like, you know, supposedly Angry Birds was kind of languishing until they hooked up with a publisher right. that had a close relationship with Apple and everything, but, you know, I think your, your point still stands, there's a, there's a chance for an indie developer to at least corner yeah. a, a niche market of people who enjoy their game, you know, maybe yeah. might not become a huge, you know, million-dollar superstar or something, but, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm really just interested in having somebody enjoy something that we're doing and and have some fun doing it.
2: That's a cool thought, yeah. Um so I this is the awkward part of the the interview where we where we ask you
3: it's just the part we have to disrobe
2: yeah, I I didn't want to get to that until we had the black Holy on. Holy crap! Bomb. But, uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, actually. that was just. <laughs> uh, no! We were wondering, like, you know, what are the pitfalls that you've encountered? Like, what what have your massive setbacks been, or tiny setbacks, or yeah. you know, what have you? What lessons learned mm-hmm. have you had that you you know maybe say? You know, by all means, avoid hand engine or something like that. Yeah. Well, that, that that would that would be hey, a big on one. That, <laughs> notes. that would
3: be a big one. Yeah, that would be a big one. It also, you know, the the standard things with almost any sort of project apply. You know, um, getting dispirited, getting kind of uh, disheartened when you run into setbacks, and uh, you know, dropping your kind of productivity for for weeks or at a time.
0: Sure.
3: You know, uh, conflicts with other time. Uh, demands on your time, like work and family and that sort of thing. But yeah, and engine would be a big one. Yeah, I, I can one, tell yeah, you're just chomping one's... at the bit to bite into that <laughs> one, right? We,
4: we we made a decision at one point in time when we were starting to look at doing the game development that it would be better to look at maybe a, a set a platform or a set of libraries that would help us cut down some of the development time, given that there's only two of us coding and we're doing it when we have time.
3: Well, it always makes sense when you're a beginner at a particular project to to you know leverage some things to help you out with some of the some of the more difficult parts, right? So that you can concentrate on completing a project, and yeah. then you can always delve down in you know a, a little further, a bit at a time, right? I think you'd have to, to be
2: really egotistical to go. All I need is the Android JDK, and I'm ready to rock or something like right. that.
3: Right. Right. Like for anybody, you know, again, going back to uh, beer brewing, for anybody who's ever tried that. Now, everybody start. You know, most people don't start directly from full grain brewing, mashing their own grain, <laughs> growing their own hops in their backyard yeah. and everything. Most people start with a kit that has extracts. It's, you know, barely more than just boiling water, really, when you first start out, and then yeah. work their way down from there if they find that it's still fun. Yeah. So same sort of thing here is what kind of what our, what our thought process was. So if you if you start looking for Android game engines, the one that gets a lot of uh, Google hits and seems to be talked about a lot is Ant Engine because it's got a hell of a lot of functionality it's, it's, there are some positive sides to it.
4: there are definitely some positive they did he, it's i think it's a, a set of like two or three guys now but um they put together quite a decent amount of libraries they're not actually handing you a game engine but they're handing you all of the the key components that you'd look for in a game in one faction or another you know yeah. you've got your physics engine you've got an easy way of controlling cameras you've got your touch controls. They, they built and some also, decent libraries that you can tie into, but the biggest problem with that engine is there's no documentation.
3: Well, there's yeah, they, they seem to be allergic to Java docs, which, you know, well, it, even yeah, if you don't like Java docs, docs, it still is kind of the standard way of documenting your, your classes and your, your libraries in, in Java. And so it's pretty helpful to have. They're, they don't have that, nor do they really have a substitute for it. They're starting to build out some documentation on their wiki um, a little bit. But generally, it's kind of trolling through their forums to see what other people have done or and diving into some doing. of the example apps. Another good thing they do have is a lot of good example apps. So there's a lot of stuff you can copy there. But if you want to ask, you know, what is the range of values that you can push into this particular method? Yeah. Well... Try and guess or just play around with it a little bit because there's no Java docs.
2: Because you have all the time in the world to right. experiment.
3: Right. There are two exactly. classes that seem very similar and you're like, well, in what circumstances would I choose one versus the other? Well, maybe you can ask. Some, maybe somebody will respond to a question on the forums. But otherwise, there's absolutely no, no overarching documentation doc, or architecture docs telling you why they made this choice and why you would choose to use this class. On, a, on a good
4: note, person. you spent so much time trying to figure out how the hell they did something. That you end up starting to learn more about the infrastructure within.
2: So you learn, you learn. Within it. the
4: engine, that you're like, oh, I'll just write this myself. this. Right.
3: Um, so it's it's not all bad, but no. Um, definitely, uh, I I found it to have some learning curve issues because you can get kind of started fairly easy with some of the. Uh, Um, the example apps, which is I think where everybody recommends it and says that it's an easy way to get started, right? Because if you don't go beyond just slightly modifying the example apps it's, you get to hello world super fast. But once you start trying to delve in any deeper than that and figuring out, you know, why would I want to use these different parts or how would I want to you know, uh, mix things up from there, there there just isn't a lot to go on to try and figure things out unless you want to just, you know, actually decipher the code from ground zero which you can but then again you still don't have that kind of information about you know these two very similar methods or very similar classes why would i use you know <laughs> one versus the other or, you know yeah. what are what are the performance implications well you, you're kind of on your own to find out on that so yeah. it's that's kind of problematic Got so it.
4: As well as the fact that he doesn't, that or that engine doesn't really uh, document their changes very well. Well, that's so. the other
3: problem we ran into, yeah. right? And that was your your own personal hell, especially, is, right. uh, you know, you find that there is a, there's a bug, which all frameworks have bugs, right? So they've released a new version that fixes this particular bug that you had discovered was, you know, the problem that you'd been pounding your it, head it, against it, the wall for the past couple of days. But then find out that it's changed lots of different classes and methods, deprecated all kinds of different things that you were already using in your application. Yeah, that's hardcore. Yeah, sure. But
4: so, so rather than making actual, making actual progress on your project, what you end up doing is a massive break fix, going back and finding out where what changed, why he renamed this, why that, and, and so you get kind of disheartened, and it just we finally pulled the plug on that and one and,
3: and then at that point we were really looking at maybe just starting to go back to the idea of well let's just be the egotistical guy with <laughs> just the android sdk and try and build yeah. up from there and then we started looking at it for uh, just casually looking at a little bit of other libraries out there and came across live gdx which is kind of what we're looking at right now and trying to learn it a little bit and kind of restart but the interesting thing about it is that it's uh it's a little less comprehensive but everything they've got seems to work very solidly they've got very comprehensive Java docs but interestingly like the physics engine in and, and engine actually comes from live GDX oh, no nice. they, they wrote the uh, the Jni bindings from box 2d to into Java for Android so that's used there and the, the guy who writes live is actually pretty a- uh, active on the and engine forums too and contributes kind of to both projects. And, oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty interesting, but it's, uh, it seemed to fit us better anyway. Yeah. It may not be the right choice for everybody, but I liked the fact that it seemed to be to very, mention, very solid.
4: Not to mention it allows us to go cross-platform.
3: Well, that's that's really the cool part of, to, to me on it is that you can develop your application on, uh, uh, you know, on your desktop on uh, Linux or Windows or, or what have you and uh, run the game completely in there, uh, and then it still works with... Just maybe, just kind of a minor wrapper class around it. You recompile it, and it's an it's an Android game. Right. Um, they've even got kind of a remote. I forgot what it's called. Now, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Where you can use your phone still for the accelerometer and uh, stuff like that for testing of your game, even though the game itself is running on your desktop.
2: Oh, that's so you can cool
3: kinda iterate through your your game I think a lot faster than if you have to upload everything directly to your phone every single time. time. Or run it in the emulator which takes Oh fuck the emulator damn.
4: (laughs) I know, I
2: know. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) the (laughs) emulator ten (laughs) minutes later. Nobody likes that apparently um so I don't know, that's any other major pitfalls or is that pretty much then your
1: Those
3: that's kind of some of the big ones that we've really ran into so far. I'm sure we will find others, (laughs) but those are kind of the. There's
4: always oh oh yeah. There's others. There's others. There's few apps we have to go back and patch, and that has to do with the whole fragmentation of Android in general.
3: Well, and the the rapid changes in the platform right, it's been changing a lot. But that's that's really a good thing that you know. There's they've been iterating the platform a lot and improving things.
2: Um, so. Are there any games or apps or, you know, um, developers or game studios that inspire you guys right now for, you know, Android development? Besides, so,
3: being, uh, Well, yeah, they are my heroes up, because... Up we don't need game. fucking innovation! <laughs> <Not at that>. <laughs> <laughs> no, just bastards. kidding. Don't think. Rat <laughs> They're nothing but rat bastards. <laughs> and,
2: uh, and I'm sure Angry Birds is at the top of your list for, you know, what got you kind of yeah, excited about this? But.
4: Oh, yeah, Angry Birds, uh huh, yeah. yeah. Go play Shoot You. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot
3: You. I, I do like Shoot You, that's an excellent that's game. That's an excellent game. Space Physics, physics game. which I believe Space is the same guy's, that's an amazing game. Huh. I, am, awesome. I am a really big fan of uh, Plants vs. Zombies. Um, yep, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Low, I mean, you can play that on anything now. They've that got them 360 one out in there. PS. The, the
4: I'm going to have to throw this name out there because I'm impressed with it. It's called Aperture. It was released when Google was doing their whole ten cent game thing. Oh, sorry, Apparatus, not Aperture.
3: Oh yeah, Apparatus. You were showing me that the other day. That's pretty book. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, you were thinking Aperture Science. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We do. What we must because that. we can.
4: Uh, yeah, Apparatus. It's a uh, OpenGL. Yeah, it's so kind of a
3: physics puzzle sort of game. It's a physics right? puzzle
4: game. Yeah. You basically move stuff around and then. Apply physics with a, a play button, and then everything falls into place. And the whole point is just to get a ball in a bucket. I mean, it's yeah. not really complicated, but the uh, the mechanics behind it are nice.
3: Yeah, that is a really nice one. I've been really hooked it's very on. Very polished. I've been really hooked on that Death Worm game that you got me trying. Oh yeah, that Death Worm game is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. it, it um. it's uh, kind of reminds me of Tremors very much, but it's. Oh. Uh, Oh, cool! I don't Except know why, it seems very similar, but it's, uh, it, it, it keeps <laughs> oh, yeah. looking at it. You know, <laughs> oh, as, as overexposed as Angry Birds is, though, I mean, I, it's interesting to look at it to see why it's so successful on the handheld platforms. And I, I think it's like the perfect time waster game is one of the reasons it's yeah, become right. so successful. You don't have to pay any attention, really, to what you're doing. No. So it's great for, like, when you're waiting to get your brakes done on your car. And, and or, you,
4: you, always, you always eventually end up, like, going into the bathroom and hearing somebody playing it on their damn phone in one of the stalls that, that just creeps time. me out. Just, it just really does. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things that you know you can spend they spend 5 or 10 minutes playing it and then put it away and then come back to it later.
0: Yeah.
3: Are you talking about their phone? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's just, that's just wrong.
2: Um, so what what do you think about the different distribution models that you've got for you know these kind of games for, and not just not just specific to Android. Like I know there's like the, the App Store for that, and then Amazon's got their totally, foobard one that really screws over the developers. Developers. Yeah. Um, but you know, including with that, like the uh, Apple Store, um, even Steam as a distribution model for PC gaming. What do you what do you guys think of that stuff? Do mean, you want to go first? I, sure. Is there a super one I mean, hybrid one you'd love to see? Or
4: well. I would like to see eventually, you know, the consoles adopting something like Steam.
0: Yeah. I've been,
4: I've been overly impressed with Stream, mainly because you're not having your system contaminated with multiple forms of DRM. They try to keep everything under one type of DRM, which they, they kind, the of, kind of... The
2: phone home. The phone
4: home DRM that they run, that they control, that's, that's kind of universal to the platform. So yeah. they, I mean, yeah, you still have games out there like EA that go and install all kinds of crappy DRM or uh,
2: who's that other one?
3: Yeah, and that that does E-E-O's suck because as whatnot. much as I obviously be soft, that's the one.
2: Everything was down.
3: That that does suck, man. As as much as I obviously sympathize with their desire to prevent piracy, it, it really sucks when they destabilize your PC. It's like you know what, this is not used just for games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you
4: know? right. I mean. It's used
3: for porn, too. That's right. You're interrupting my access to porn.
4: <laughs> what if
2: something were to happen during my porn? <laughs> and,
4: and, and the fact that, you know, Steam's kind of opening it up and allow... The way they have it all set up with the community, that the community um, can, like, post their mods within Steam and have you be able to pull it down for whatever games you currently have, that whole model is just works,
2: you know? So, we were kind of talking about the distribution models and everything. Right, and I discussed that, you
4: know, I like the concept of Steam. You know, when it first came out, it was very
3: questionable, but, you know, it's grown. Right. It it definitely had its growing pains, though, back in the day. Oh, yeah. But, oh, oh, go ahead.
2: Oh Well, I was just going to say, you know, we've seen um, a lot of the game developers are looking at, like, ways to eliminate resale of the game, you know, aftermarket resale microtransactions. In other words, killing GameStop dead. Yeah. I mean if there was like a a store like um say Steam or somebody else who would say, sell your game outright for say five dollars and then they said, Hey we've created this great new thing where we will we will split with you the resale of your game from one person who's bought it to another and at a reduced rate, say 250 would right. you be like, I want my piece of that 250 Or would you be like, I'm just glad I got my $5 up front?
3: For me, I'd be glad I got anything at all, really. Right. But, yeah. I, you know, I think killing resale you on money. games I, I that would, have a physical component, anything that you actually got a DVD or something, yeah. is going to just piss everybody off. That's just ridiculous. But, um,. For digital games, I don't think most people expect to be able to resell them. Right. I, I just can't figure out whether reselling digital downloads would be a good idea or needless complexity, and they should just give you a discount anyway. I <laughs> know. But yeah, I, I, that one I just can't figure out. To be honest with you, I can't wrap my. Head Honestly, around
4: it. I'm kind of sick of the idea that you're only licensing the ability to play the game.
0: Well, especially when, when, when you I bought buy a game, media. I
4: don't care if it's digital. I don't care if it's on physical media. When I buy a game. I bought the game. What I want to do with it, when I'm done with it, that's my choice. If I want to give it to a friend, I should be able to.
2: It's a funny model because where else does it stand up? It's like, if I want to sell my, you know, my vintage Dungeons & Dragons, you know, second edition player I'm sorry you
4: can't sell that book.
2: Do I I need to, like, (laughs) make sure that I cut a check to TSR, now owned by a completely different company called Wizards of the Coast, to make sure
3: that, you
2: know, they get... Some kind of I, it. I'm sorry, but you can't sell
3: that hammer in your garage sale because the license you have from Black and Decker yeah. says that you're you're not you're, Honestly, you're not allowed to resell it.
4: Honestly, <laughs> it feels like double dipping. It is double. They're dipping. double dipping, and they that's nobody nobody flies with double dipping.
0: Yeah,
3: and again, it becomes a little ambiguous in the digital realm because you know it, it's hard to be clear whether you're actually reselling your game or you're just selling your copy and keeping a copy.
0: Right, which is
3: is more complicated in the physical game distribution, when where you have DVDs, it should be pretty fucking straightforward. Yeah. Um,
4: well, that's where you know, like with with Steam and stuff, you know, the license tied to
3: your account. Yep, and that yeah. is where they try and have it both ways, right? right? They say we need DRM to ensure that you can't copy the game, right? But. You can't resell your game because you could have copied it. Well, I can't copy it because you're you know. right?
4: So that's that's a scenario where you know on that on that platform. I'm, I'm using Steam because they 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 pretty much nailed it when they pretty much at that t- that level where they've kind of nailed the whole digital distribution. It's the most seamless. Exactly. Yeah. If they were to, if if I were to say, you know what, I have a copy of the orange box that, mm. you know, I don't play anymore, but I have a friend uh, who would box. really be interested to it. It would be nice if I could just say, hey, I want, hey, Steam, let me uh, give my current license that I have to this game to this person. Right. Who's you also know? on Steam. Who's also on Steam. So, so it's, it's it's not like you're, you're dirtying, you know, okay, so they totally. don't get the extra sale. But, you know, it's it's not like you're, you're, being a pirate and going no it's not promised. at all you
3: know and that's that's an issue that kind of transcends just gaming too because I mean people are debating the same sort of thing around books and ebooks, right because it's been traditional to lend books to people when you're done with them and you know we have these strange quasi-legal institutions called libraries where they're specifically for that yeah but then you know you get, you get an e-book <laughs> on your yes <laughs> but then you get a uh, and they're they're paid for by these strange things called governments. But anyway, you, you get a, a Kindle book or something like that, and they've got all these absolutely ridiculous restrictions around lending out a book. You can do it, what, one time in your lifetime for each yeah. title or something like that? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, for a time period for, like, only a, a small window. Oh, yeah, you're
3: right. I forgot about time. the window, which is, you know, really kind of bizarre when you consider how, for, how many, what, thousands of years people have been lending books are, out I, to each other the you know cost
4: of the books
3: under the digital
4: distribution a, a lot less than they would be if you went to i, a I have not store noticed
3: a physical copy kindle books being any cheaper than <laughs> paperbacks no. in some yeah, cases like they're more yeah. expensive yeah yeah I, I haven't really looked at nook pricing because i always forget barnes and noble has a website <laughs> <Poor> <laughs> but, barnes noble. yes i love their physical stores but i always forget they have a website
2: as do we all. Um, so, this is specific to the market share of mobile gaming, but like, where, where do you kind of see it heading in the immediate future? Do you think mobile gaming is going... You no, know, there's been crazy predictions all over the spectrum for this. There's... You know, mobile gaming has already hit its zenith and will surely become nothing. Or there's, it will become the dominant platform for gaming, and people will well, take their ha- antiquated consoles and throw them away because the processing power of your average phone now is, like, off the charts. Blah, 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 blah. Have you seen
4: the damage that just the, the, uh, the gaming market on Android and uh, iOS has done to, like, Nintendo? Have you well, seen I, the I numbers? See it's in, actually making I, a pretty decent debt.
3: Are they sure, though, that that's what's damaging Nintendo or the fact that they're they're nothing but crap for the Wii? <laughs> right? I mean, there's a lot of good stuff for the DS, well, ta- but the Wii is We're talking mobile.
4: We're not talking
3: uh, right, Right, yeah, that's true. We're and for the DS, console. I can definitely see where mobile gaming is some competitor. But for for like consoles and stuff, I would say that unless somebody comes up with a much better control scheme for tablets and phones...
4: You know, PC... I, yeah.
3: I can't see it becoming dominant. So,
4: PC is always going to be dominant in one way or another and it's always going to be around you're always going to also have some kind of set-top device because people want to want to be able to go home relax on the couch and have a big screen
0: mm-hmm. a- and
4: be able to play on their big screen with their surround systems and you know bullets flying in through one ear and out the other and through your sound right. system you, you maybe they'll get that point where you know the, the handheld device is your controller and you're able to that would actually output be pretty cool to those things, but you're going to have some kind of console-like device. I don't see phones completely replacing that, maybe they will
1: communicate,
4: communicate. maybe yeah,
1: maybe, well,
4: maybe well, they'll become an interface yeah. in such a platform.
3: I, I think where mobile phones um, provide a threat to, to game systems isn't so much that people are likely to throw away their consoles for it, because they provide very different experiences. But it's that it's a substitute good, right? It's another thing that's competing for your time. It's right. the time that you spend on your your mobile gaming versus. So, y- you may still not you know, to mention the ease there, there's of nothing access. that's going to be as equivalent to the gameplay on your console on a mobile phone. Right. But maybe you might not be playing as many games because you're also spending time on your mobile phone. You're also spending time on you know various other activities. Blah blah blah.
4: They also have the big thing going for them that you know it is part of your phone. Your phone is always with you, so it's
3: like we just talked about, people are playing Angry Birds in the bathroom and they're playing it when they're waiting in line. Right, you know, right, right. everywhere. So it's, yeah, it's
4: the ease of access. You know, they Right. You don't see somebody grabbing a console and taking it to the room. <laughs>
3: right, but I mean, I, I, I you know, most well, yeah, of us don't do most that. of us don't do that. But I, I, I believe I have seen Mark doing that. But yeah, <laughs>
2: it's awkward. It gets a lot of stares, but. Especially just, since he
3: was doing it in the work bathroom, but still. Well,
2: you know, right? <laughs> I Have to play me games.
3: Yeah, but the con- the controls and the depth of play so far on mobile, I think that's the big problem. Right? Is the graphics are great. There's a lot of horsepower, but controls are very weak compared to what you would get in a, a console or in a PC. Well,
1: it's because there's no buttons, really, at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah,
3: that's right. The on-screen joystick just isn't as immersive as having a physical joystick because your finger keeps slipping off it while you're looking at the you game.
1: Make great games that are a touch exclusive, but it's just by that nature it's going to limit what type of game
4: you make well you, you've Precisely. got that one you've got the one Sony phone that they put out that the actually Spiria had Plays. the Speria yeah. Play as far as I know there's not a lot of
2: people that really adopted to that Well, oh, that's yeah. like the Nokia N-Gage that went nowhere and
3: the
4: N-Gage that was the other one I was going yeah. to yeah. bring up whipping one know. of
3: those out of your pocket though is kind of like a whipping out a sign that says forever alone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <I think> that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of an that's kind of an embarrassing phone to whip out in the middle of a meeting or yeah. something. Or worse yet on a date, you know. What's that my for end us? game?
2: It's I can play my video game. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> um so yeah, we were you know, last week we covered some of the stats for um, consoles and it was it was crazy because they did this thing with the Like the Nielsen system, and they came up with like, fifty-six percent of U.S. households have like a PS3, an Xbox 360, or a Wii, or more than one. With all, or more than one, and with all the poverty and people, you know, barely making it, that's a household, a typical household.
3: Yeah, that that is pretty amazing (laughs) penetration there. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: uh, amazing. Yeah. Another interesting number they had was the number of yeah, the, iOS devices,
3: thirty-nine percent. Wow, question, that is pretty amazing. The okay. one
4: question I would have about the number on the consoles is how many are actually being used for games, and how many are, and, and what what's the time frame those consoles are being used? Because That's, I have a PlayStation Three at home that pretty much just sits on the shelf and collects dust. Every once in a while, there's a decent game, and I, I'll fire it up and whatnot, but for the most part, I don't even use a Blu-ray player anymore because the last few uh, 400 system patches that they deployed <laughs> borked up uh, some of my old Universal DVDs that they won't play anymore.
0: Yeah,
3: but so, uh, your, your PS3 doesn't get DRM used a lot, crap. but I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that your 360 gets used more than a $2 horror, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> well, that's... That was the worst, horribly most tasteless analogy I think I've ever yeah. spit out. But
4: but that that's that it's not that like goes it's back
2: recorded to... for all eternity.
3: I know it was awful. All...
4: That goes back to the, my whole issue with the thumbs is that you know at least the Xbox controllers grew up with me, right? And the PlayStation controller is the same one I had when I was like. In diapers, right. they haven't changed the design whatsoever.
3: Well, you know, and the bigger the bigger size of the Xbox controller doesn't seem to be a problem, at least for for my kids. I mean, they're either five and nine. Yeah, exactly.
4: It... It's a decent it's a decent layout. And the problem I have with the the PlayStation ones is there's no easy, comfortable way to grip it, and the analog sticks are too far down, and it actually causes cramping. So oh man, that's funny. I get like an hour of play on it, and then I'm like. Eh. Yeah. And but they, there hasn't been a really good. And this is what this is something that I really want to kick Sony in the nuts for <laughs> is they really haven't really supported any real third-party peripheral.
3: Really there's devices. not any third-party controllers?
4: There are, but there's they're the not move. They're they don't really it's Not su-
3: third-party. They don't work not well. third-party. You
4: know, either the analog sticks are wonky or <laughs> they don't have the uh the six axis control or right. Or or just something's missing, or or they can't do Bluetooth straight to the console because they're not licensed to. They have oh, to God. use some stupid USB dongle and go over two point four hertz or whatnot. Right. You know, right? That's the thing is there... yeah,
3: anyway. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But I, I think you know, even a lot of those households, if some of them aren't using them actively for gaming, they're still. Less of a barrier to entry for the game developers to sell to those people who have that in their house because they don't have to go buy the three hundred dollar console. Right. All they have to do, all you have to do, convince them is to buy your game. So right. still, I mean, uh, speaks to those as being a huge market. Yeah. I think they're even going to get more, um, more household, dare I say, penetration. You know, now that (laughs) now that you see like Microsoft trying to do a lot more stuff with uh, positioning the 360 as a streaming platform and and that that sort of thing.
2: That's an interesting thing we've seen with Netflix. People are starting to just think, you know, this console. It's not so much media I buy at the store and bring home and put in it to view or to play. It's just something I can just grab, right? It's like know. And this same I article... Off, this article came from GameZone, by the way. They also said that rentals were down 8% while uh-huh. streaming... Ad- adaptation of streaming content was up by 8%. So, oh, you're talking for movies. So I can admit
4: that yeah. I or actually... For
2: games and movies.
4: Okay. So I can actually admit that I ditched Comcast and DirecTV... Mm-hmm. Like probably three or four years ago, when Netflix first came out as an experiment, and I went completely streaming to see if how easily I could adapt and whether it was good enough. Right. And I can't stand watching normal TV anymore
2: because of that. No, the commercials. The freaking uh, commercials. Not not even the
3: commercials that bother me so much is it's that I never anything I want to watch. I never catch it from the damn beginning. You flip the stations, you're like, "That's pretty interesting." Too bad it's almost over. Well, that's what DVRs are for. Yeah, that, that's true. But it's so much better on Netflix because you can start from the beginning of the the run of a particular series. Yeah, and you can you go, can... "Wow, that looks interesting." Let's start from episode one.
2: Right, right. I love that, though. I love it's it's like it's like anybody who's into collecting things. It's almost like I don't want to start in you know season three of Lost or whatever. Right. I want to start episode yeah. one, season one. And figure out what the hell all the hubbub was about, you know? And, right. and, and, and,
4: it's, and it's nice to be able to go out there and just do those, those weekend marathons where it's like, I'm going to watch Lost Seasons 1 through 6 straight through. Right. So, you know, I get the concise story and see everything through. You can do that. You know, of course, there's other methods, but I don't think you want to be going out there and flipping discs all the time
2: in your console. What? No, nobody wants that. Yeah. No. Um, another interesting original question,
3: even. I don't know. <laughs> another, I got lost.
2: Another interesting thing was, uh, along these lines, was you know talking about the future market share of mobile games and stuff is, you know, flash games, uh, mm-hmm. which we kind of talked about. Apparently, those are doing well too. You know, and and what's I, one of the things that was interesting from a, an article by VentureBeat which is where yeah. all the venture capitalists go to figure out what oh, to invest man. in. That ought to be interesting. <laughs> um, one of the things that they cited, well, get this, 80% of developers are residing outside of the U.S. for Flash games. Oh, wow. So that was something that, it's like 21% in the States. I, I don't know, they're 80%, 21%. There's something wrong yeah. with their math that I can't quite figure out. <laughs> um, but one of the things that's interesting is that 83% of those who have developed games for Flash have plans to take it mobile, so they're hmm. going to go, you know, multi-platform. They're just using Flash as kind of like their are starting,
3: right? They're jumping off yeah. point. And yeah, right. I, I think that kind of um, is representative of how oversaturated the Flash market is, right? It has low barriers to entry, but right. it's had low barriers to entry for so long that everybody's
2: entered it. Yeah, you know, sixty um, percent people of those developers created online first and then go to mobile the other you know they do it the other way right they,
4: they hook everybody with the free flash games and once they've done that then they can take it to the mobile platform and charge 99 cents and people are like oh goody right right,
3: and then it's already potentially um, either an established name or at least you've had an opportunity to use some analytics to see how people play yeah. it and, and refine your game yes. right. or, or you can do like you know Cigna does and just copy somebody else or <laughs> Gangry Birds guys it's I so mean, which fun. pretty much uh, copied an existing Flash game right? happily copy that yeah.
2: um, since you're speaking about money and monetization this is interesting so here's the breakdown of the way they're making money off of this stuff 62% comes from the app sale mm-hmm. 38% comes from ads and 11% is microtransactions yeah
3: and I think the microtransaction side is going to grow I do too yeah. I don't know why people seem to really dig buying little widgets and gadgets inside of their game
4: it's like okay so it's like going to an arcade
3: mm-hmm. you go in yeah, there 25 with, cents a shot right
4: yeah you yeah. go in there with 25 cents you're like oh that's that's cheap i can play this game and you know 15 dollars later you're like holy crap what yeah, did i you, do you you blow you know, for a you, lot yeah yeah it's that it's that small unit that original unit that you're actually yeah. investing that y- but, you don't you don't rack it up it's in also the kind of
3: a crack dealer model the first hit is free Oh yeah, day. and then yeah, once yeah, you're kind of over here's just this little bit, you know, yeah. extra.
2: Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting because I, I think I think with microtransactions the difference between, you know, what some people see it as and what you're saying is you know, back in the old arcade days you would put your twenty five cents in and when you were all said and done with it, you'd had an experience but you took nothing with you. Right. With the microtransaction model, in some cases it's for um you know, a no. In no, no cases <laughs> is it really for the experience. It's all for little things that you then have forever, the, for eternity. Yeah, it's like some you, sort of digital collectible. Yeah. Like, right? exactly. Yeah. It's either a you know a skin that's elite and if the mi- If the
4: microtransaction is done right, that's what it is. Yeah, there's many that that's not.
2: But right. it should never be. I don't think it's ever a service charge for utilization. That that's the no. subscription fee. Right. So right. it's it's kind of a it's a cool model and and. Noah and I we play League of Legends so much that he's the like the cover story for yeah, really microtransaction is. model. I yeah. mean it's yeah, been it's, so uh, successful.
1: Did an interview with the creative director over at Zombie Studios who made Blacklight Tingo Down and they're about to release Blacklight Retribution. Tingo Down is an X D L A. And Retribution is gonna be strictly PC free to play. Hmm. And it's just when I brought up League of Legends, he's like, yep, it's, it was clear to him, it was clear just from your reaction that that was the model that they were going to base up. I'm like, oh, it's, it's a different type of game because it's a first-person shooter. I'm like, I don't know exactly what you're, because it's like everything's going to be free. There's all this content. You've got month after month after month of content planned. I'm like, what are you going to rotate that out?
3: What are you going to allow people to buy? But, right, yeah, where, where do the transactions fit in a first-person shooter? I mean, the obvious thing would be some sort of upgraded weapons, but that seems like it would destroy the gameplay for, well, for both the people who haven't bought it and the people who have, right?
4: Well, it, it could, but it also could be one of those things where, you know, there is a method within the game that you can earn that. But if you want to get it unlocked early, you can just... Yeah, that's true. That's, a that's, of, that's and how and a lot of the
3: microtransactions are in, like, the Zynga games, like, you know, Mafia right. Wars or something like that, right? It's like, you can...
2: Experience point boost, percentage boost. Like right. You earn experience points at a percentage higher than normal. Right, it's
3: basically like a cheat code. Yeah. Almost, right. you know. You, you get more, uh, more cash or something like that.
2: So. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it is for, you know, like, prestigious, like, skins or some other appearance to differentiate yeah. your avatar. Right. Well, certainly so,
3: people spend a lot of money on, like, uh, Xbox Live on their dashboard avatar, avatar things. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah no. That's just craziness. I not believe that. Yeah. I've
2: never had anything... Oh, shit. I take that back. Right before my... <laughs> <laughs> I, <forgot. laughs> I bought the damn lightsaber for my You did? Guy. Oh, okay. wow. I totally yeah, take that back. It, it was...
4: It's a small transaction. It wasn't that many yeah, credits. Yeah, and I
2: had the lightsaber after that. Wow. Um, which is probably gone since it was hacked, but... Yeah. Uh, all right, final question for you guys, and then we'll just talk about some stories and get your input. But uh, as far as mobile gaming goes and, and everything, what do you see as the future of mobile gaming in general? Do you guys foresee any big breakthroughs, You know, like full virtual reality immersion? or uh, you know, Do you think this augmented reality thing I know is going to result in anything but car wrecks and people <laughs> running into it?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: I would like to see some kind of step into more augmented reality. Personally. You know? The whole first person, hold my phone up when I'm playing Pac-Man in, in life. It's so cool. It's, it's, I, I it's, can't it's,
3: stand that sort of thing, to be honest with you. Okay, well... But I'm a contract. It's not for everyone,
4: then. Yeah, yeah so. it's not for everyone, but it, it's cool. It would be cool to see it happen. I'm not yeah. saying it would be something I'd be doing all the time and playing, you know, and you walking through a mall and bumping into people. People right, are not going to be, be too happy yeah. with you. But, um... I would like to see them try to
3: pursue that. Yeah, I think we've very, very, pretty much just barely scratched the surface of kind of uh, multiplayer mobile gaming. Um, You know, Words with Friends is another Zynga, but it's it's a pretty good example of a really popular game that is really only popular because of the multiplayer aspects, and particularly that it's not something that requires both parties to be committed at the same time. Right. you know, that's kind of a unique it's, it's aspect. By scrabble.
0: Is that like the on, is
4: that think, like the only original idea that they put out? It's not even all that original. It's, it's multiplayer. Sc- it's no, it's, okay. uh, it's yeah. I mean, it's online Scrabble, really. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. the oh, okay. play by mail Scrabble. Yeah, it's not terribly original, but it's probably more original than most things you could do. It actually has at least somewhat claim to legitimacy as a, as an idea, I guess. But um, you know, I think that's. That's one good example of that. I think we've barely scratched the surface, though, of multiplayer mobile gaming. There's also some interesting multiplayer games on, uh, like, the DS, where you can do the DS link and
0: That's play true.
3: head-to-head and things like that. You, just, you only see a few of those so far on the mobile phones. Now that there's such a huge penetration—there's that word again—of uh, mobile phones into the marketplace. Huge. Uh, yes, a huge, <laughs> throbbing, thrusting penetration of mobile phones <laughs> into the market. <laughs> I, I think you'll probably see more, uh, more games where you can link up, um, especially it'd be cool to see people doing more things with games where you can link up with people who are local, too, oh, yeah. without having to go through that, any ginormous yes. trying to find somebody thing, just go, hey, we're in the same room, let's play. <laughs> Let's hook up. <laughs> yes, hook up, yes. Let's hook up for some massive, throbbing market penetration.
4: Now, now, if I remember right, that was one thing that Nintendo did right with the 3DS, is that there's the ability that with you're within, within range of people. with the original people, DS. Not with the original, did they?
3: Yeah, System Link.
4: Oh, okay, but yeah, but... But with the 3DS, if you're like within proximity, it kind of notifies you, and you can yeah, link oh, okay.
3: everything up. Yeah. 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 I don't think there was the notification on the original DS, right. but I mean, it, it was, it was easy enough that my, my kids do it with the DSs all the time, link right. it up and everything. So right, give you friend code, everybody. Cool. Yeah, it's actually. Aka pretty cool. Mac address. It's, it come on.
2: It's I I can't quote anything, but it seems like I read an article with, where John Carmack was talking <laughs> about the future of mobile gaming, and he was talking about how the networks are getting better and faster mm-hmm. with lower latency that's not so ridiculously bad, and that you will see better games taking advantage of multiplayer content. I have a
4: few on my phone. Uh, Beyond dungeon is- Runners?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's
4: it called? Dungeon Runners?
2: No. That's funny. There there was a PC game. Is it the it's PC? The, it's it's the a port? PC no game. It's been,
4: ported, it's been ported to the... Wow. Oh, yeah, it is yeah. that same one. Mm-hmm. I had no yeah.
3: idea. I think the great unsolved problem, though, in mobile mobile phone games still, though, is the controls. And like we said, expanding that to games that are more than, you know, an Angry Birds-ish thing. Or, you know, there's some games kind of like Plants vs. Zombies, you know, where they they take what would obviously be kind of like a mouse control sort of scheme and extend that to touch. But um, action games and things like that, uh, first-person shooters and stuff that sort of genre we'll seem to be hamstrung by the controls right now. Like
2: haptic gloves or something like that? I hope they come
4: I up
3: with no something
2: idea, because,
4: man. I mean, personally, I always, I make sure that if I buy a phone, I at least have a keyboard built into it mm-hmm. because I absolutely hate trying to do anything on the touchscreen. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll do the normal functions and everything yeah. on the touchscreen, but, you know, if I'm going to play a game, I don't want half the game hidden under my thumbs.
0: Well, that, that drives me less nuts. of an issue
3: with bigger phones and with tablets. Now right. that we're seeing, and now we like
2: have tablets. Yeah,
3: what it is, is funny the, though? Uh, there's
2: a there's a game out um, for the um, iOS platform that's it's like a redo of uh, Space Invaders, mm-hmm. and it's like Space Invaders Evolution or something like that. It's by Midway, and oh, cool. it's so frenetic that because like basically you you put your finger wherever you want your ship to go. Mm-hmm. It's like, no matter what I try to coat the screen with, like, you know, whatever I try to do with it, it always, like, the oil on my skin bogs me down, and it becomes oh, a quagmire after a while.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: Which you don't get with games like Words with Friends or, you know, Ragdoll right. Physics or, you know what I mean? It's, right,
3: it's that slow-control casual game that seems to work really well. And maybe it's a problem that can't be solved. I mean, that's kind of been the yeah. crippling thing with the Wii, right, is that the control seemed really awesome early on, and then pretty soon everybody realized that we bowling was pretty much the extent of the things that were actually cool to do on the week. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else, you just kind of Does felt the, oddly the, like a shake weight. The gold. <laughs> no, no, game. No, no.
2: <laughs> what? What's wrong?
0: Right? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so why do I feel so odd?
2: Well, sure, you could hold it down by your, you know, side, but why? <laughs> but why, yes. right, right. right in front of your face is the best place.
3: Yeah, no. I, I worry that that's going to end up kind of <laughs> happening to the Kinect that we're going to find that Dance Central is really the only right. game that actually plays well on the Kinect fully optimized yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: and they did such a great job with the uh, motion tracking on that game oh yeah I don't think I've seen another one on that platform that actually really does well with the Kinect
3: it, it's definitely the
4: the, like, the stellar yeah. game
3: for the Kinect for the it's it's the showcase game
4: yeah it definitely shows me I can't dance worse shit that's for
2: sure yeah you and me both yeah. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, I'd like to thank you guys again for coming. And um, yeah. we have we have more stuff to talk about, but not no more
3: no more no more inquisition. <laughs> well, thanks That's for having podcast. us on. Uh, yeah. What was the show called again? Oh, <laughs> uh, shame on you! on Episode eighty-six
2: of the Club Guys, which we have, we saw episode eighty-five on a business trip. Oh yes, it was that.
3: What the the episode that they were doing when we were there? Yeah, yeah. that, that uh, the tilted guilt the in tilted Dallas. Kilt.
2: Yep. Yeah, it was weird to see another podcast happening. Like, wow,
3: they do exist,
2: they do it so much better than we do it. It was just way stylish, you know. Like, they had they all had like matching, like, uh, you know, Head sets. headsets. The, the Two or three very
3: busty hostesses walking had, around yeah, the tables had, they, all the time. They definitely <laughs> had the, the eye candy around them and they had nice equipment, but I'm sure their podcast didn't actually turn out as well.
2: I can't imagine it could compete with ours, but. With with it part. certainly it was not console. as
3: massive. It was <laughs> not as massive, that's less, for sure. It was
1: not as massive. Yes. And it had far less penetration. It actually. didn't have the oh, massive thrusting penetration. market penetration. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to have to
2: put a DM after that now that you said it so many times. Cool. It's going to be
3: my trademark phrase.
2: Yeah. Um, well, we're going to take Channel a Channel massive break. penetrating the market. That's right. As <laughs> usual. Um, but we'll, we'll take a quick break and come back with a couple of stories and then we'll wrap it up. Cool.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we have just a few more items to wrap up in our round table, this super long, epic round table.
2: <laughs> Rectangular table.
1: Yes. First of all, I wanted—I was curious how many people out there are familiar with Jordan Mechner's Karatika, as I pronounce it, from long, long, long ago. That was one of the first video games that I played on an Atari, I believe, as well. I still have it. It's on my Commodore
4: 64 that's in my guest room
1: so cool. What I remember being so struck by is that there's actually an opening cinema. Yes. And this is back in the day when there was no such thing. There was nothing even really adventure games, hardly. The adventure games were all completely text-based. So to see something animated and some kind of emotions playing out on the screen, just to provide that, oh, this princess has been captured and you're going to go save her and you're going to climb up the cliff and go through this whole fortress of ninjas, it just really stuck with me. And after his super successful and fantastic Prince of Persia movie, Jordan Messersch decided to get back into games development and is revisiting instead of something related to Prince of Persia again. Karatika, which was I think made before Prince of Persia. Not sure. And we can look forward to that being a downloadable title. He said that he's got some kind of interesting concept to make it so it's easy to, re- to continue, but it's not traditional. Save system, it's not a traditional checkpoint. And it's not the sands of time where you can rewind things like in the Prince of Persia games. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how that would work. But maybe it would be Rise from Your Grave Bruce Lee.
0: <laughs> Rise, Rise from the Grave. <laughs>
2: what is that game that's Alter Ra- Beast? Alter Alter Beast, yeah. Beast yeah. That used to that was the original <laughs> game that came with the Sega Genesis. Yeah.
3: Rise from the Grave. Before they had Sonic the Hedgehog.
2: I love that. That's so cool. I I always called it Karatika, I didn't know what the Correct pronunciation was Because when I played it It was before Wikipedia existed So I wouldn't possibly know Is that more. what it says in Wikipedia? No, no I, You were saying Karatika Which is I how know. I pronounce it well, yeah, They it actually
1: just... asked him in the interview Like how do you pronounce it, Jordan? He's like I pronounce it He's like "Well, Just don't pronounce it like it was done In the original commercial From the television oh. Which I don't remember I, I never heard it He says he pronounces it Karateka
2: well, That's so weird he Yeah, knows. I was called it It just seemed to me It was like erotica like yeah. Metallica. <laughs> 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 I know, it just seems Or ar- erotica. Erotica, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it's erotica it's with kicking. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that's like a, It's funny, but it's a game, it's like a forgotten game. I had forgotten all and it about it. It was hard. So, yeah, it was. It was that on that list of the top ten hardest games to. It wasn't. I don't think it was. I wouldn't remember it. I think
1: Prince of Persia was. Yeah, Prince of Persia, because that was very similar. Yeah. It was the same game, just with platforming, essentially.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we had a segment where where we were covering like the top ten hardest games Mm -hmm. ever made, and and then we asked the question: Was that a good idea to make it that hard?
1: Yeah. I
2: think we decided it kind of was. But it was a different time back then when people had attention spans and nothing else
3: to distract them. Older games were so much harder. Oh god, yeah. 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 I mean even you were just talking about text adventures, some of the old text adventures Oh my gosh, those were impossible. The original Zork games were yeah. so impossible. I'm sorry, but the you thief forgot would, your towel. Yeah, the thief would games. steal things that were absolutely necessary for later in the game. It was just horrible.
0: Yeah.
3: The things we would put up with. Must or, have. you know, old arcade games, Defender is so I'm much the, harder than any other arcade style game that you would anybody would play oh, yeah. now
2: i'm in the first room of zork must grab the rug why would i grab the rug
0: yes why
2: it's like anyway um so another interesting thing we have um i think most of us are big fans of minecraft or at least are big fans of the concept of minecraft yeah and it's that's like mobile game now it, it is a mobile game.
3: Yeah, Dan's got that mobile version. I wish I had bought that when it was on the 10-cent sale. I think I'm going to have to break down and buy it at full price.
2: But um, an interesting occurrence is going to happen on, the I think, the 16th of this month, where uh, Mojang, the, the, the company that makes Minecraft, is going to have a live streaming game building for charity um, oh. opportunity where you can watch them develop, over that time, a game. And they're asking the they're asking people now what should the game be? Oh, that's cool. Can you imagine being that confident that yeah. you could say that, that's
3: ballsy? That's but ballsy. he's he's but, done but he's, a couple of these but live did Minecraft game development over the things.
2: Weekend, right? I mean,
3: I don't know, but I know he's done a couple of those live development things. You can find yeah. like condensed time lapse video on YouTube, but unfortunately, you can't seem to I, nowhere that I've seen, I can't find like non condensed, non time lapse sort of video, right. which is too bad because I caught some snippets of one of the last ones that he had done and it was really fascinating to watch I, re- but of course I couldn't watch the whole thing because I actually had other things to do you know but right. um, it would be really neat to be able to watch that in segments oh uh, yeah just his workflow was truly truly fascinating yeah he's got
4: a very fine-tuned process on his workflow which is pretty impressive to see
2: so it looks like you can it's going to be February sev- uh, 17th through the 19th so 17th. this weekend yeah <laughs> must be yeah um and you can go to the, um, the uh, m- much-loved, I think, uh, Humble Bundle. The Humble Indie Bundle. Yeah. Yes. So that rules. And go uh, check it out. And I, I plan to actually try to check it out if I get a chance, you know, some of it. Because, yeah, the guy clearly is a master of his trade. And you don't get a chance to see what people do behind the scenes that often like, the true masters of anything, you
3: know? Right, yeah. yeah. What I thought was interesting is that the times that he's done it before is it didn't seem like he had, like, a finely tuned Eclipse setup or anything like that. It looked like everything was pretty much stock out of the box. And right. So that's kind of interesting, too, because you get so many people bike-shedding about what's the absolute perfect way to tweak your development environment. Right.
0: And, and he's it just it like, It
3: yeah. didn't look like his was all that tweaked. He just knew how to use it. Yeah. You know?
0: And I
2: think that's that's huge. and And it's cool. It's like, there's, um... You know, we when we do our podcast editing, you know, we, we use these different tools for production. And it's really interesting to go to, like, the Sonar site or whatever and watch the workflow of guys who are writing, like, um, scores for TV shows and stuff. Oh, yeah, that would be... Because... It's, almost, them... it's
4: almost like an apprenticeship. Yeah. You're getting to
2: watch, like, a master. Watch a master. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. It's and something then, that's kind of lost these days. And they're doing it, yeah, and it looks so damn easy. And then I try and do it, and I'm like why is that so hard for me? And yeah. it, they'll like get like a volume envelope just perfect on the first try. And it seems like they do it all with like a, an encyclopedic knowledge of every key combination there is to yeah. shortcut it. Yeah, totally. And you know, like, so it's kind of exciting to be able to watch somebody like this, especially the Minecraft guy. I mean, that was such a phenomenon. So, um, that's, that's coming up. And this is one that, um, I think Noah came up with, which was, well, I don't know. Do you want to cover it? The,
1: Oh, you just go right in. Oh well, I sure will.
0: <laughs>
2: so, what do you guys think of when you take a game and you rebrand it with another game kind of theme? <laughs> For instance, <laughs> um, StarCraft or Warcraft as Risk or Monopoly,
1: which is happening. Which is happening.
3: So they're doing a, a StarCraft version of Monopoly. The
1: board of game
2: Risk. Uh, so Starcraft yeah. is Risk and Monopoly is Warcraft.
3: Warcraft. Wow! So the board games with the Warcraft. Yeah. grade. Wow! Yeah, but that's isn't that Don't kind pass, of a long go, tradition go for to go Monopoly at least of, of yeah. pouring out to like, every possible yeah, way Star to expand. Re- oh, yeah, Star Wars Monopoly. They almost have to though because I mean the everybody, every family has a copy of Monopoly. So I mean they're they're almost caught in a. Well,
4: that's always been kind of a staple with Monopoly is that they started down that whole path. You know, okay, we're going to release this type and it's branded it's just the skinning of the game it's it's the same game it's, it's a
3: way to try and rules, force you to buy a game that everybody has a million copies of again yeah. the sad part really is that blizzard is stooping to,
0: to,
1: <laughs> yeah, to that, that
3: level it, 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 it. we expect it from what is it milton bradley That M- maybe, does, maybe uh, they
4: should like quit mucking around with that crap and finally release Diablo 3
3: yeah i think most yeah. people would
2: agree That's a much higher priority. Yeah, I know. Come
3: on. Well, you know, none of those can hold a candle to the awesomeness that is going to be the uh, Battleship movie.
0: Well,
2: (laughs) no, 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 no. (laughs) When those pegs come out of the alien spacecraft and embed themselves in the aircraft carrier, I I felt something, you know, like a heartwarming moment there. (laughs) And and certainly I think all of us suspected that
3: Battleship had nothing to do with, like, World War II or anything, but it's actually an alien invasion. Yeah. The signs are all over the game. It's...
4: I, I was waiting for right. I was waiting for like Megatron to pop in the background and say, "Quick, <laughs> quick Star Scream, grab the Energon cubes." Yeah. Well, he would you know? never be
3: called Megatron. He'd be called like Mega Guy or whatever. You know, Giantron. Yeah, right. yeah it, the I, effects were so. They even have the same, close to the same in the the previews. At least they even have the same sound. The, the same the Transformer transforming, effects, transforming yeah. sound. Yeah. Well,
2: you know, all they needed it's. It's like they needed that to combine or to combine bat I guess like G.I. Joe with that the well like it, the it's, the,
4: it's the whole yeah, what, Hollywood thing what was thing? with They're the strange the...
3: little transformer suit from the G.I. Joe movie? yeah, yeah. that's what the that hell yeah. it,
4: it's so they could sell a toy product oh
3: totally yeah, yeah.
4: Well, the, that's it, why it,
3: there's a bewildering it, variety of characters in the last two transformer movies yeah, that's true. They're like, you know, we made a lot of money let's, on the first Transformer movie, but we just
4: didn't have enough toys to sell. Let's please completely avoid that because I really want to kick Michael Bay in the nuts on that one. He really just bastardized, it. bastardized the whole franchise. So, Well, thank you, Hasbro. Yes,
0: yeah, um,
1: so thank so you, so you guys for actually selling it. Any Carbon of those like, re-skin versions of Monopoly or Clue or Risk or anything like that? No, For Uno. You yeah. know what's
2: really sad is I have
3: the regular Uno and regular Monopoly, but no, I think I the had.
4: Versions. I think I have a Simpsons copy of Monopoly. Yeah,
1: I have a Star Wars one. I find those. I
2: knew less at least
3: one person in the room would have a Star Wars game.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. I I find
2: them less repulsive than the one that's a credit card version of Monopoly, where you don't actually have to count out the money yeah. anymore. I,
0: that's like, oh horrible. wow, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah,
4: no. It kind of ruins the fun of being the banker and yeah. being, being the, 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 the scum dog that makes the
3: deal. It's like, it's like well, yeah, yeah, you, you give you me that, that all. Uh, with that well is exactly. this for business? Yeah, that's so or? True. Monopoly was always such a classic way for kids to kind of learn about counting money and making change exactly. and all that. It's like, there's really nothing to learn about credit card In this transactions except don't do it!
4: Yeah. And loan sharking.
3: Yes, loan and sharking, loan, yeah. Oh yeah, side deals. Oh yeah, side deals and loan
2: sharking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Hey, Noah, I think we have one more story. You wanna, you wanna finish out with a triumphant
1: triumphant note? I, it's just more of a headline than anything else. I didn't want to read too much into it because it's still kind of inconclusive. Yeah, I no, and Koi, But apparently, Guild Wars Two is being is going to be developed for consoles. Of course, right now the current focus is we want to get the PC version done. We want to get the PC version out. But they've made quotes such as, "When it comes to Guild Wars Two, we have our, We've announced already. We are in the preparation stage, which sounds like a really preparation bad." Preparation H <laughs> <laughs> no, it, It's time to move from preparation
2: H to preparation stage H. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but what happens is they were doing a financial call, and an analyst asked, them, Laura, are you going to make this a console version?" And that was their response. They're basically preparing to make a console version, but uh, right now they're still trying to make it the best PC MMO ever released.
4: That'll be that'll be great. I I I hope that they release the PC version first. Yeah. And then release the console versions later, similar to what um, Witcher Two is doing.
1: Yes. You
4: well, know. Yeah. yeah.
1: You they, they, well, it makes me think of like Age of Conan, which was a game that was supposed to be. It. Yeah, right. never happened there's yeah. been so many games that are supposed to be on consoles especially well, when it comes to MMOs the, that biggest,
4: the biggest problem with getting them on the consoles was there isn't an easy way to do the control translation not, not necessarily updates. control translation it's the updates uh, it's, it's the patches and yeah. stuff they, I know Microsoft's gone out and, and has made some 40, efforts 000, to right? slim that out That's for what? While.
1: Yeah, that's what Schaefer claimed, is that to do a patch in a game, it costs $40,000. So Holy Xbox crap. Xbox Live, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
4: But they're going back out, and you know, like, with if you guys weren't aware, Minecraft is coming to...
2: Yes. To Xbox Live. To get rid of the, uh... What's that one that... You know?
4: Fortress Craft yeah. crap. Yeah.
2: It's going to go crunch.
4: But, but the, the other point is that that's one of the, um... That's going to be one of the initial games that... Microsoft is going to put a lot of investment in helping to push patch updates out for in a timely manner.
3: Right, because than, that's kind of like one of the defining characteristics of Minecraft, right? Yeah. Right.
4: Makes sense. So, so yeah. it's going to be that kind of initial test bed is whether or not Microsoft is actually going to start actually helping these developers be able to push updates and patches in a it's timely really be manner. Really, a turning
1: point. Exactly. Well that
4: does. If they get that down pat and they get that going, it may turn the tides in that situation.
1: Do you guys think, I mean, just to go back to uh, the topic that you already talked around. do you think <laughs> you would consider branching out into trying to do development on consoles, for example, like in XBLA and stuff like that? I
3: think we would have to have time to devote full time to game development for that, Did but otherwise know? I think it'd be awesomely and exciting because, you know, I, I love console gaming, so that's that's the part that would draw me to it. But you can't really. I don't think it's harder to do kind of like a casual. Well, I guess there are some on the Xbox Marketplace, but it's hard to do kind of a casual, simple game on the Xbox.
4: I would you, be interested in it if Microsoft would fix that horrible GUI update that they made, so that the indie games aren't nested like fifteen or twenty I don't links know why down. Why do they do that?
1: They just keep doing. Them. They bury it and bury it with every single update. Yes. Further and further.
4: That is really kind of sad. You know, they they promote that they're promoting all these indie developers and, and doing the whole X&A community thing, and, and then they just hide it, you know. That's kind of...
3: Makes me wonder if they were getting pressure from some of the major publishers. That's, that's awesome kind of what I was thinking. These little pipsqueaks are competing with EA us. EA
4: trying to be the 800-pound gorilla yet <laughs> again. They're trying
2: to make it an even playing field, and anything can be said is, we don't like that. Because we right. want to leverage which, our... Which advantages.
3: is sad, because the gaming industry desperately needs... Yeah. To have some sort of innovation kept going because, you know, there's a lot of stag- stagnation going on. A lot of games that are, this is more stunningly the same. the same as this other game that I played, but yeah.
2: That's kind of why I like Steam because Valve, you know, they kind of, you know, Half-Life kind of got them started but they weren't an established dominant, you know. They were an indie game maker for a while before they immediately catapulted to A. you know, maker. But there on Steam, I don't believe you ever see where an indie game that's doing well has any less, you know,
3: exposure, presence,
2: or exposure than a something that EA or Activision or whatever is making. Yeah. It's yeah. it's pretty yeah. much you know
3: on almost every axis. It's hard to say that Valve has ever really reduced their quality levels. I mean, they're just no. they're so stunningly consistently good. Yeah. I, they, they take forever to release anything, and they never release anything number three.
0: But. <laughs> half Life One.
3: Everything they two, do is done really well once it's ever done, is right. done awesomely.
2: That's true. Portal One, Portal Two.
3: Yeah, so there will never be another portal unless it's two and a half.
2: <laughs> or four. <laughs> yes, or four. They can't break tradition, so. Yeah. Kind of portal like XP. There you go. Yeah. Vista.
3: Yeah, <laughs> Portal <laughs> Vista.
2: <laughs> Mojave. Yes. Uh, well cool I think that pretty much concludes this episode I, quite I, the episode I really appreciate you guys coming and um, yeah, you guys you. both obviously have you know speak from a lot of experience in gaming which is really good
3: thanks for having us and especially with the open bar and the topless girls And
2: well next time we'll have more topless girls and less bar but you know you gotta <laughs> do what you gotta do yep but yeah it's good times thank you I hope to have you guys back someday if you're up for it thanks man Maybe, not together. Maybe It'll it'll
3: together. depend on the amount of negative feedback on the <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: You know, ne- we've we've had negative feedback for guest hosts before, and it's really shocking when it happens. That really, guy sounds huh? like a real ass. Never bring back such a bad person around. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the uh, what the audience says. Or they yes. might just say, Noah and Mark, it's time for you to retire looks That's like right. the next generation's been identified it yeah <laughs> turn over the keys to the kingdom <laughs> and
1: get the hell out <laughs> right. um, But
0: yeah thanks guys cool thank, thank you. you if
2: you guys liked anything we talked about or didn't like anything we you talked about anything we, if, you, if you feel like you'd like to <laughs> offer an opinion or contrast you know what was sad or whatever send mail M A I L. I am channel dot
1: com. yeah you blew that one up. sure did yeah <laughs> win some lose some yeah When it's 186, 186 episodes
2: you'd think we'd have that down yeah it's still a work <laughs> <dress. laughs> um, if you uh, get a chance you know go rate give us a review on iTunes remember as always the stars are how passionate you are whether you love or hate us so love us or hate yeah. us give us five stars us, or if you're completely different five stars would tell us Very, very strongly that you're emphatic and different. It's emphatic and different. different. So, yeah, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Best podcast in the world. I played World of Warcraft for
1: 10 years. If I can't play Diablo 3 soon, I might just kill myself.